Omega Man Radio has been commissioned to invade deep into enemy territory, drive out the hosts of hell, and take back the land. Our mission is to preach Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the only name written under heaven by which men might be saved. Cast out demons and pray for the sick that they may be healed in Jesus' name. If this program is a blessing to you and you would like to take part in this harvest of men's souls, join with us and attack the hosts of hell by donating any amount online at www.omegamanradio.com. Are you ready? Ready to take a ride? Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. If you listen, I can hear God's plan. Because the show is about to begin. You're listening. You're listening to the Omega Man Radio Network. feature for you tonight. Uh, in the 8 o'clock hour, we had Johnny Ova and Rock Rodrigo with Army for God. And now it is my special pleasure to have on Stan Johnson of the Prophecy Club. Stan is the founder of the Prophecy Club, and he's hosted over 135 guest speakers. Stan is considered to be one of the most informed speakers on Bible prophecy and future events. He's also president and CEO of Prophetic Oil, whose goal is to find the prophesied oil in Israel. And that is what we're going to be talking about tonight, 30 prophecies for the discovery of oil in Israel. And uh, it is a pleasure and honor to have Stan on, and let us go to the lines. Brother Johnson, are you all on with us tonight? I am. Brother, it's an honor and a pleasure to have you on, my friend. Well, and I consider it to be on with you, Eric. I'm privileged to be on with you. I'm doing three things at once here, getting ready for this. Okay. Now, now Stan, I have been following the uh, the Prophecy Club for probably 15 years, and I have to tell you that uh, you've had some of the uh, most interesting guests of all time. And uh, for those that uh, are new to the Prophecy Club, Stan, would you go ahead and start with uh, giving out your website information, please? Sure. We're at prophecyclub.com. That's P-R-O-P-H-E-C-Y, as in Charlie, prophecyclub.com. Or our office phone number is 785-266-1112. That's 785-266-1112. Awesome. Stan, you know, I'd like to usually start the show out with prayer. Would you honor us tonight and uh, begin with prayer? Absolutely. Lord, we worship you. You are our God, our King, our Lord, our high tower protector, and our provider. And tonight we say, blessed be the name of the Holy Father, 
Holy Son, and Holy Ghost. Lord, we ask your blessing upon this broadcast, and that what would come out would not be what we want to come out, but what you want to come out. And we ask you to use this broadcast to bring forth truth, and I pray a blessing on this broadcast that people would hear and support it in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Uh, Stan, why don't you go ahead and give us a little bit of background on the mission of the Prophecy Club and what you all been doing for many years. Wow, you are a good radio host. <laughs> Very good questions. Okay. Well, maybe the easiest way, uh, especially since we've got a couple of hours together this evening, is to kind of tell you how I first got introduced to Bible prophecy and how to come, how I came to be where I am now uh, in the abbreviated format. It was about 1974 or 5, uh, somewhere in there, at the time I was selling heat and smoke detectors, door-to-door selling. And, of course, a lot of folks don't understand that, but I was uh, apparently, God was preparing me for what I do now, and he was showing me how to take rejection. I didn't understand it at the time, but he had his hand on me, even in those early days. And I was going out knocking on doors and selling these heat and smoke detectors to wake people up and get them out of a fire. Now, at the time, I was a young whippersnapper, and I didn't understand how God worked. And I thought it was me doing all of this. But I was quite a hot shot. Looking back, I just if I could slip through time, I think I'd take my open palm and just slap me a good one and say, Boy, it ain't you. It's the Father doing this. <laughs> but I didn't understand. I thought I was some kind of a good salesman. And I was knocking them down and picking them up. I mean, I was making a lot of money. I went from working in a grocery store, making about 400 a month, to selling, making pretty close to $5,000 a month. I was making money. I didn't even know. So fast, I didn't know how to spend it. Man, that's a good uh, job. Absolutely. <laughs> well, I was... Uh, Number two salesman in the nation, the second month in the business, and five-time national sales champion. I was kind of the hero of the business, and again, I thought it was all me, but I didn't understand that God had a plan for my life. And uh, gosh, we were both driving brand new Porsches, and uh, I mean, making a lot of money. But I was learning how to be resilient and. Stickability. It's a word that's not even in the dictionary, but it's, in other words, how to keep going when all seems lost. I didn't understand that there was going to come a time in my life that I would need that ability. But at the time, I was doing really well. Anyway, so I made a call on a young couple, and uh, I'll never forget the guy's name was John Talavero. One of these days, maybe in heaven, I'll meet that brother again. But... um, (laughs) He says, all right, I'll listen to your sales talk if you agree to listen to mine when I get done. And I thought, look, Bob, really? you don't know what's in your house. You just got a national champion salesperson in your house, and you don't know it yet, but you're sold. So I'll take <laughs> that deal because <laughs> you're going to buy, and I'm not. So, well, when I got done, he didn't buy, but... He handed me, he he led me in the sinner's prayer, which, of course, I grew up in church. I was already saved, but nevertheless, I prayed with him. But, However, he handed me a tape by Pastor Jack Hiles out of the uh, Hammond, Indiana Baptist Church. At the time, I understand, it was the world's largest Baptist church, and this Pastor Jack Hiles was some kind of a whopper of a preacher. Wow. And 
he began telling in this tape, it was called The Buzzards Are Coming, and he began telling how he had read a magazine article, how that uh, the, the vultures in the Valley of Jezreel were not laying one egg, but now they're laying four eggs, and they were getting prepared for the Battle of Armageddon when it says that it'll take four months for the fowls of the earth to eat the people killed in this one battle. And I thought, wow, you mean the Bible foretells the future? I mean, here I was, grew up in the church, but our church had absolutely nothing to do with anything but just straight New Testament gospel. Right. And yes. I was amazed that, wow, our, our Bible foretells the future? Well, this i got to see. So I began studying on my own, and then I began picking up other books, which at the time was perhaps a little bit of a mistake. I got uh, The Late Great Planet Earth by Hal Lindsey, and that's the one that first introduced me to the error of the pre-trib rapture, which yes. later I had to, to research and study for myself. And uh, that would make the topic of another uh, very good radio program, talking about oh, that. Yes. Anyway, so I read Late Great Planet Earth, and I read several of Hal Lindsey's books, and I read several people, but I finally decided on this one, you got to dig it out for yourself. So I, I just started reading it myself, and, and I, I got the Bible on computer, and I handed this, uh, I'd done this little study that I said, that I thought, you know, it certainly appears to me that Revelation 18, the mystery of Babylon, seems to be talking about describing America. And I America. got this little old two or three page paper about it, and I was walking out to get in my car, and of course now I'd moved from door-to-door sales into uh, to, to a step up. I was now selling uh, courses and uh, public speaking, human relations, uh, sales courses, and, and did that for 13 years, became a five course instructor, learned everything in the business, and once again, I uh, didn't understand it at the time. I thought it was me was the hot shot, but God had his hand on me. He was training me then to help speakers to get their message across and also to help me to become a speaker. But I was actually a public speaking instructor for 13 years and also a sales course instructor. I used to go into uh, old banks and big businesses and roll their managers in one of our courses, either the public speaking confidence building course or the management course. I would go into car dealerships and places like that and enroll people into the sales course. And it was so funny because I would go into a car dealership and I have 50 or 60 salespeople. And of course, you know, everybody who sells cars think they're a real hot shot when it comes to selling. But they really don't know in most cases how to, they don't understand the sales process. So I would tell the owner, say, all right, fine, I'll do a little 45-minute workshop, and we'll find out who wants to go to this uh, the sales course. And in that 45 minutes, I would just twist them all in knots because they they would walk in with their shoes all shined, so to speak, and with their head up, nose in the ear, and think, chest out, thinking they were something. And after 45 minutes of talking, they walked out looking at their shoe tops enrolled in the course because they <laughs> found out they didn't know what they were talking about. And, uh, again, uh, God bless me as he did in the door-to-door sales, and I became quite good at it, enrolling a lot of people in it, again, doing really well. So anyway, um, I walked out to get my car to go to work, and I handed this little monograph about Bible prophecy to this lady. I said, uh, uh, just 
some lady in the neighborhood. Didn't even know her. She was visiting one of the neighbors. I said, um, are you interested in Bible prophecy? And she stopped and she said, why, yes, I am. And I thought, oh, boy, nobody should be that interested in Bible prophecy. <laughs> must be a setup here. So I, I handed it to her. I said, would you mind telling me what you think of that? Well, I got home that evening, and my wife says, what did you do? I said, what are you talking about? Well, we have uh, about four different neighbors that have called, and they want to have a Bible study, and they want you to teach them about Bible prophecy. And I said, well, that sounds wonderful to me. That would give a, a chance for me to learn more and kind of bounce my ideas off of them. Well, we did a Bible study out of our home for several years after that, and, of course, it was God's hand on me again, teaching me Bible prophecy, not from somebody's books this time, but from his book. Amen. Uh, so, about this time, uh, I'd done the Bible study for a while, and uh, we moved and got involved in a different church, and I asked the pastor if I could teach a class in Bible prophecy, and finally he said yes, and uh, we started with like five people, but within a matter of a few months, we were up to 25 people in the class, and people were all, all excited about Bible prophecy. And I just read through the Bible and explained what it was talking about. And I didn't understand that I had a gift. God had given me a gift. I do believe that God does not call the equipped. He equips the called. <laughs> In other Amen. words, he does a download so that we can do what he's called us to do. And what I discovered someplace in there that not everybody could understand Bible prophecy. To me, it was like reading the newspaper. I just read it and I understood it. And a lot of times I read the scriptures and they just stuck. And uh, a lot of folks were saying, you know, they, they were really learning a lot of it. But anyway, then there's about to be a big step. It was Lawrence, Kansas, teaching this class in Bible prophecy, and this little red-headed lady walked up after the class <clears throat> and handed me an audio tape. She says, I believe you'll be interested in this. And I said, all right, fine. So I'm listening to it on the way home. Well, before I even got to the end, I knew that this guy was from God. He began telling his story about how he had smuggled Bibles into Romania and Russia for some 30 years. And they kept trying to catch him. Finally, they did just arrest him. They didn't catch him but, uh, with the Bibles or anything, but they arrested him, put him through five months of torture. Uh, they would, for example, put him in a room where there's like hundreds of rats that are supposed to eat him up. I mean, people eating rats. And uh, an angel showed up in the room and uh, said, Dimitri, look at me. He said, I tried to look at the angel. He says, it's too bright. He said, I, I would fall down on the floor. And he said, Dimitri, I said, look at me. He said, I looked at the angel. He said, don't worry. He said, I will be with you. He said, you have to go many, through many tortures. He said, but I will take you out of their hands. He said, look around. He said, and the whole room was full of dead rats. Now, that's only... Wow. He would tell the story about how one rat would jump on him and start biting him, and he would throw him off, and then two or three more. And so, I mean, these rats were apparently used to eating humans. That's what they ate. So this was like about to be a, 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 like a piranha-type death. So he's there in the dark. Here's this... Uh, he can't see anything. Here's this door open up, and then all of a sudden he... Things scurrying, and he's... You got it. You got they're it. trying to eat him alive. Eating him. Eating wow. him alive. And the angel shows up. Now, uh, there's, he went through all kinds of tortures. You know, they would like... They, they put him in a, this 
little small jail. He said all he could do was stand up in it, and they would uh, put him where this cold water was dripping on top of his head for two or three days. And he said, I got so cold that finally they came to me, and they opened it up, and he says, I just fell on the ground. And they said, ah, oh, Dimitri, what's wrong? Oh, you're cold. I no worry. We'll fix you up. We'll, we'll heat you up. And they tied a rope around his waist, and they hauled him up to the ceiling. And then with rubber hoses, they began to beat on his hands and his feet. God have and mercy. You know, when you're really, really, really cold, I mean, you just bump your hand, and it hurts like blue blazes. Oh, yeah. And all the time, they kept saying, Dimitri, tell us how you get the Bibles through. How do you get the Who do you take them to? We know you have Bibles coming through. Who do you get them from? How do you get them through? And he wouldn't tell. Finally, they came to him. They said, Dimitri, you're going to tell us today where those Bibles are or you're going to die. They took him into another room, and he said, I saw a very unusual chair. He said, you see that chair? He said, you're going to die on that chair unless you tell us where the Bibles are. We brought that chair all the way from Germany just for you. He said, they tied me on the chair. They put a bowl on my head. They stuck two things in my ears. They tied something over my chest. They put something under my feet. They said, now, think about how you get the Bible, sir. You're going to die. He said, they turned it on. He said, it felt like pins and needles going all through my body. I thought I was going to die. He said, when I thought I was going to die, I hollered out. I said, God, don't let me down. He said, about that time, the whole room lit up with white light again. There was the same angel. The angel said, Dimitri, look at me. He said, he's so so bright. He says, so hard to look at him. He said, I looked up. He says, I'm the angel Gabriel. He said, don't worry. He said, you're not going to die. You're going to America to give them a warning from God. He said, plead the blood of Jesus. So I started saying, Sengula Lewisus, Sengula Lewisus, Sengula Lewisus, which is Romanian for the blood of Jesus. He said, I woke up on the floor and they were pouring water on me and slapping me around. He said, now we got it. Now we know how you get the Bible through. And they played some kind of recorder. He said, somehow it got my thoughts. And he said, there was my thoughts. Sengula Lewisus, Sengula Lewisus. He said, the blood of Jesus protected him. The next day, they beat up his wife, then they put him back on the electric chair the second time. They, they turned the electricity all the way up both times, could not kill him. I'm keeping a whole lot of the story. But essentially, they came to him and, and they took him home. And the angel came to him again. And he said, Dimitri, he said, you're going to America to give them a warning from God. He said, they will follow you step by step. But I'm going to be ahead of you. I will blind their eyes. When they see they can't catch you, they're going to kick you out of your country. And he said, I'm going to tell you the year, month, day, and hour, so that you will know that I'm truly the angel of God. July 22, 1984, 10 o'clock in the morning, you will be exiled to America. He said, but don't worry. He said, I will blind their eyes. They won't be able to catch you. He said, so I took out the back seat. I took out the, uh, the passenger seat. And I filled a whole car with Bibles. I would pull up to the checkpoint. Dimitri, what do you have in the car? say Bibles. Open the trunk, Dimitri. He said, I had so many Bibles in the car, I could barely turn my steering wheel. He said, I'd open the trunk. They're throwing the Bibles around. What are you doing with all these books? Where are the Bibles? We know you have Bibles. Who do you get them from? Who do you take them to? How do you get them through? Where are the Bibles, Dimitri? They couldn't see them. So finally, the day came. He said, we gave away everything we had, packed up all of our suitcases, we're sitting in the front living room. Finally, they came, knocked on the door. He opened the door. Dimitri, you have to come with us. Okay. What do you do with the suitcases? Oh, we knew you were coming. How did you know you were coming? Well, God told me. Hi, Dimitri. 
they could, took him to the airport, got on the plane. As the, the plane is backing up from gangway, exactly 10 o'clock, July 22, 1984. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. He came to America. <clears throat> the angel came to him again. He said, Dimitri, get beside me. He said, brothers, he says, I don't know what it is. He says, it looked like a big pillow on fire. He said, but I stood beside the angel. And he said, he took and he showed me all of California and Las Vegas. You see, do you see what I've shown you? He says, this is Sodom and Gomorrah. He says, their sins have reached the Holy One. And he said, God has decided to punish it with fire. And he took and showed him another big city. He said, do you know what city this is? He said, no. He says, this is New York City. This is Sodom and Gomorrah. And one day, this will burn. Took and showed him all of California. He said, do you see what, I mean, all of Florida. He said, do you see what I've shown you? He says, all of this is, <clears throat> we haven't got to oil in this room. <laughs> we'll get to Man, hey, listen, this is Sodom Man, I've got people in the chat room right now just glued. They have never heard the story of Demetri Dudeman. And I want to say, if you had not been faithful and uh, met with Demetri Dudeman and transcribed this and uh, put out the information, I would never have known about it. And this is one of the most important uh, prophecies for America that anybody could ever hear because uh, it's going to impact everyone listening tonight. Uh, so, so keep on going, brother. This is interesting. Okay. All right, so uh, anyway, he says uh, that America is going to burn. <clears throat> and he says, how will it burn? He says, America, it's so powerful. He said, it's going to start with an internal revolution started by the communists. Some of the people will start fighting against the government. The government will be busy with internal problems. Then from the oceans, Russia, Cuba, Nicaragua, Central America, Mexico, and two of the countries he could not remember will attack. And in one hour, America will fall. Wow. In one hour, America will burn. He said, then God will raise up China and Japan and many of the nations. And they'll go against the Russians. They'll defeat the Russians. They'll back the Russians to the gates of Paris where they sign a peace treaty. But they make the Russians their leader. I believe that's when they form a world government. Yes. He said, then, under the leadership of the Russians, all the world goes down to attack Israel. That's Armageddon. He said, it's not that they want to. God makes them. That's the hook in the jaw, Ezekiel 36.4, uh, excuse me, 38.4. <clears throat> he said, they can't count on the help of the Jews in America, so they cry for Messiah. Messiah returns under the clouds and defeats the armies of the earth. He said, now, so that you know that I'm truly the angel of God, I'm going to tell you what is going to happen to you tomorrow. He said, at 9.30, someone would knock on your door, and they will bring you uh, a check and pay your rent. And he said, at 10.30, someone will bring you a bed, for you to sleep on, and then at noon, someone would give you a car and a bucket of honey. He said, it happened exactly as the angel said. At 9.30, someone rang the doorbell. God told me from another country, and you need some money, and handed him a check, $500. At 10.30, someone rang the doorbell. God told me from another country, and you need a bed. Come and help me unload it. And then at noon, someone rang the doorbell and handed him the keys to a car. He opened the door. Sitting in the front seat was a bucket of honey. All exactly as the angel had said. Yeah. Now the angel said, so he said, well, it, this has to be written in the Bible. Because if it's not written in the Bible, then I can't tell the Americans. He said, tell them to read uh, Revelation 18, the entire chapter. There he calls it the Mystery Babylon. He said, why did he call it the Mystery Babylon? He said, because America was a Christian nation. And when other gods came into America, America accepted them. America accepted Buddha. America accepted the Sodomite Church and all kinds of wickedness. He yes. Says, 
Jesus doesn't live in sin. He lives in holiness. He said, I brought you here so you can cry out loud. He said, tell the people exactly as I've told you, or I'll punish you. And, of course, there's a story to that, too, which I'll, I'll skip. So, anyway, <clears throat> this is what I'm hearing on this tape. And I'm saying, wow, <laughs> this, this is something. You know, and at the time, they were grooming me to be uh, president of the Full Gospel Businessmen in Lawrence, Kansas. Oh, yeah. So, so I, uh, I called the guy, or actually I talked to him in person, uh, Larry Moore, and I said, Larry, man, we got to invite this guy to speak the full gospel. He said, well, you know, we're training you to do that. You call him. You set it up. So I, the only thing I had was an address. I wrote him a letter and asked him if he would come and speak to the full gospel businessman for one evening. He wrote me back and said, I'll come for two weeks. I thought, two weeks? What am I going to do with this guy for two weeks? <laughs> to see him to speak one evening. I need a one-hour talk out of this guy. And I said, all right, <clears throat> fine, he's coming for two weeks. He'd pay all of his own expenses. I said, all right, fine. Well, by the time he got here, God arranged for the phone calls to come in to me. I made a few of them, but for the most part, phone calls just begin to come in supernaturally. And by the time he was there, he spoke at one TV station, uh, about six or seven different radio stations, and spoke to six or seven different Christian groups. He said it was the busiest two weeks of his life. <laughs> he was speaking all the time. But, again, I didn't understand that God had his, had his hand on me. See, because I had never wanted to go into the ministry, never had any interest in going into the ministry, because I'd seen these pastors starve to death, man, and I thought, yes, bad paycheck. I thought, mm-mm, not me. Yeah, I'm a champion salesman. I'm going to make a lot of money. Or they used to starve to death, uh, Stan. <clears throat> well, uh, it yeah, changed a little right. bit on for the TV evangelists. Go ahead. <laughs> the, the, the real ones. Uh, yeah. But anyway, so yeah. I, I didn't want to have anything to do with that. But I didn't understand that God had planned. And he was showing me that he's quite capable of taking care of someone. So... We uh, had him in, and some awesome things happened, and there's a whole evening of testimony telling all about the awesome things happened when I was around Dimitri Dudeman. I mean, God was with that man in a very, very special way. Unfortunately, Stan, I went home to be with the Lord in about 1997. What was it like uh, meeting and traveling with the man, Dimitri Dudeman? And for those uh, who have heard, have never heard this story before, which are many tuning in right now, they, they said, wow, this is awesome. Folks, that's what uh, got me interested in uh, Bible prophecy and understanding that America is is in Bible Scripture was uh, the Prophecy Club's. Um, you had a newsletter out uh, on the the prophecy of uh, Demetri Dudeman, and I got a Actually, hold of that. Yes, I had typed it up. It was um, like uh, what was it? Uh, it was a, a group of prophecies, but. We have now upgraded that and improved it. We've included not only all of his prophecies, all of Michael's prophecies, and also all of Prophet Leslie Johnson, my wife's prophecies. Oh, man, awesome. Uh, all in a book, uh, and it's called Prophecies of the Fall of America. You can only get it at the Prophecy Club at 785-266-1112. And it, uh, 15 bucks, but hey, it is well worth $15. Listen, folks, if you want to know where America is in Bible prophecy, you need to get this because I will tell you that Dimitri Dudeman was a, a prophet of God, and uh, we didn't even right. mention that uh, he didn't even speak English, did he? No, that's correct. Uh, he talked uh, very, very, very broken English, but for the most part, I'd say no, he didn't. He had a, a grandson, on the other hand, I think he was about 12 at the time, Michael Boldea. Right, right. 
which uh, would tour around with the, him folks and would translate for his grandfather, and Michael's still living today, a great man of God. And um, Dimitri Dudeman was the type of guy, Stan, uh, I heard stories that uh, he could be preaching and God would uh, show him someone out in the audience that had a pack of cigarettes in their uh, in their sock, right? Well, I, I'll, I'll tell you a better story than that. Now, I wasn't there this night, but as I drove around these two weeks, we would just be riding around, uh, you know, going to the next speaking engagement, and Dimitri just kept telling me these stories, story after story after story after story. And at the time, I thought, okay, these are amusing stories. Why are you telling these stories to me? But I didn't understand that God was going to make me the new Dimitri Dudeman. And he wow. gave me a dream, and he told me that, that I am Dimitri Dudeman. In other words, now that that's not any kind of an arrogant thing. In other words, I carry his message, just like in this radio broadcast to here. I can't talk too long before Demetri Dudeman's name and testimony doesn't come out someplace. Yes. I just gave his testimony, and I don't have any notes in front of me. And it's been years since I've given that testimony. But, I mean, it's just in me. But anyway, I'll have to tell you a quick story. Dimitri was invited into a church. And you see, these Prophets that call themselves prophets today, that what I call New Testament prophets, I'm not calling them all false prophets, but they aren't likened unto the Old Testament prophets, likened unto Dimitri and Leslie. Amen. And in other words, they, well, many times when you go to listen to a New Testament prophet, you're excited to go to the meeting, and you can't wait to hear a prophecy from this person. And it's always an encouraging, uplifting prophecy. Now, never mind, most of the time it doesn't come to pass, but it sure sounds wonderful. (laughs) Well, when you go to a real prophet, most of the time you're afraid to go to that meeting. You go all prayed up and repented up. (laughs) (laughs) And when you get there, you're almost hoping he doesn't have anything to say. Matter of fact, I got in a car. I'll tell you who it was. Uh, It was me, Michael Boldea, Dimitri Dudeman, and uh, uh, Dan Bowler. Got oh, yeah. Okay. Sure. Dan Bowler, okay. And Dan uh, turns to Dimitri, and he says, uh, does the Lord have a word for me? And, of course, Dimitri didn't respond, not understanding English. And uh, Michael Boldea turned around and answered the question for him. And he said, look, if he doesn't have anything to say to you, that's good. Oh. <laughs> in, other words, in other words, when you're in the presence of a real prophet, Many times what comes out is not good. I'll tell you a story. Uh, Dimitri told me one time he was invited to a church, and he ministered at the church. And by the time he was done talking, everyone in the church had left. Wow. Pastor. And the pastor is sitting on the front row, and he's now down on his knees, and he's crying. And he said, the angel spoke in Dimitri's ear. Of course, you have to understand, Dimitri, you know, being through the tortures and in the testing that he had been through, yes, sir. he had a very special relationship with God. When he he asked something, either the angel came and tapped him on the hand in the middle of the night, woke him up and gave him the answer to his question, or he heard yeah. the audible voice of God in his ear right then. Okay? And he said the, that God told him to go over and tell this pastor that he was uh, guilty of adultery and that he was in adultery with the church secretary. And the Good God grief, wow. Him that God was shutting down the church. Yes. And the church shut down, just exactly like God said. Um, so anyway, yeah, God. Being in the presence of a real prophet is not always a positive thing. 
Stan, uh, I mean, well, literally, he could shake your hand and probably read your whole soul. It doesn't work that way. Um, he's he's a Dimitri, and in a real prophet, when they are in the flesh and blood, they are just like everybody else. They don't see anything more than anybody else. But when God talks to them, which sometimes is pretty often, that's how they know things. In other words, shaking your hand, they wouldn't pick up a thing. It's it's not like they're they're that spirit. At least Dimitri wasn't that spirit sensitive. Um, now, Leslie is a little bit more spirit-sensitive like that. She can pick up more, a little bit more of that. But uh, let, let, I'll tell you a quick story about Leslie. Um, I don't know, it's probably a year and a half ago. And this is happens with Leslie all the time, okay? This, this is a, a fairly common experience. So anyway, this uh, couple visits, visits our church in, in the Dallas area. And, uh, of course, at the end of the... The sermon, I said, if you'd like to pray, have prayer, come on up. We'd be happy to pray for you. Well, this couple comes up, and Leslie is going to pray for them. And she's praying, and she asked them, what would you like prayer for? And they said, well, we'd like to have a child. And so she's praying for them to have a child. And about that time, the audible voice of God spoke in Leslie's ear and said, tell them that they'll have a child, and it'll be a double blessing. So Leslie says, you're going to have a child, and it'll be a double blessing. Well, after church is over, the man's brother was in the audience, and he knew Leslie. And he came up Leslie and says, oh, Leslie, you've made a big mistake. You don't understand. This couple has been to three different doctors, and three different doctors have confirmed she has a barren womb. She wow. cannot have children. She'll never have children. You made a big mistake on this one. She says, I don't care what the doctor said. The Lord said she's going to have a child. And she will have a child, and it'll be a double blessing. Well, that couple hung around for about three more weeks until you know what didn't happen, <laughs> and uh, and then they left. And Leslie tried calling her back because word got back to Leslie that oh well, since she missed that, they weren't going to go to church there. And uh, Leslie called and didn't get a hold of them, but left a message on the answer machine encouraging you know look you know God didn't say when you know just give it some time. Well. They just fell off the radar. In about, oh, nine months or so ago, um, I guess yeah, I guess it's getting about pretty close to nine months now. Anyway, so they walk into the church, and they go to the front of the church and get down on their knees and repent before God. Why? Because she's pregnant. Now, wow, the last man. time I saw Please that God. lady was about three months ago, and she was sticking out pretty good. So probably by now she's had that child. Do you think the double blessing uh, means uh, twins? or? You know, I have not heard. I don't know. Uh, it may mean that she has two child, uh, children. It may mean that the child is just uh, super spiritual. Who knows? Maybe the child's a prophet. Maybe it's very yeah. intelligent. I, I don't understand what the, you know, that's up to God. You know, she just speaks what she hears. Man, that's wild. I mean, that is the mark of a true prophet, Stan, and those are rare because, uh, you know, a lot of people want to say, yeah, I'm a prophet, but, you know, the proof is in um, do the prophecies come to pass. And um, let me ask you a question before we leave the subject of uh, Dimitri Dudeman. You know, God actually showed him what was coming on America, and uh, if I remember the story correctly, he was even uh, going before a, um, a, uh, a conference where he was going to, 
come right after a preacher who said, uh, you know, the rapture yeah. could take place at yeah, any come moment. Here, let me tell you the story. Okay, how did the story go? Um, this was probably about 1987 or eight, somewhere in there. Um, it was when everything was kind of heating up about we might just go to war with Saddam Hussein. Yes. It was coming up to 91, so I guess that would be a little bit later. About 89, 90, somewhere in there. Anyway, I had written a letter to uh, Ray Brubaker of God's News Behind the News. Uh, and, again, I never had any idea that I would ever be in the ministry. And I asked him to invite Demetri Dudeman to be a speaker. And he did. And uh, so here we are at this time about to go to war with Saddam Hussein and all of these big prophecy teachers are getting up there saying, oh, that uh, that Saddam Hussein is, uh, is the mystery Babylon and they were reading Jeremiah chapter 50 and 51 and they're saying, oh, that we're going to defeat Babylon and this is the fall of Babylon and, and all this. Dimitri sitting in the audience hearing all this and... Uh, He's thinking, oh, no, I don't want to get up there and fly in the face of all these other prophecy teachers. So he just, you know, prayed out out loud to the Lord and said, Lord, um, I need some strength, and I need to know what do you want me to say. And the Lord spoke in his ear and said, don't worry, I'm with you. You get up there, and I'll fill your mouth, and I will tell you what to say. He said, so they introduced him. I got up. He says, I got up, and sure enough. Uh, I started off with pleasantries. You know, it's very good to be here. And he said, and then the voice started. Oh. <laughs> the voice said, turn to Jeremiah, chapter 51. And he says, now, when Saddam Hussein prays, what God does he pray to? And, of course, everybody said, Allah. And he read from Jeremiah, chapter 51. I believe it's verse about 9. He says that Babylon has been a golden cup in the Lord's hand. He said, this cannot be Iraq. This cannot be Saddam Hussein because Saddam Hussein and Iraq has never been a golden cup in the Lord's hand. That's right. He said, this is talking about America. He said, America is going to fall. And of course, nobody wanted to hear that. I mean, people don't want to hear the truth. Well, let me skew back up. All right. Not as many people as I would like to. <laughs> well, brother, you know, you're probably raised the same way as me. I mean, I was raised in, uh, I was raised Pentecostal Church of God. I had two grandfathers, uh, that were ministers, and we were always, uh, told that, hey, the Lord could come back at any moment. Um, He could come back before you even get out of church. And, you know, there'll be someone mowing the, the lawn, and all of a sudden they'll disappear. The lawnmower keeps going. A pilot will be taken out of an aircraft. The airplane will crash, so you better make sure you prayed up. And um, that's what they even preach today. And yeah, that, that's not true. You want me to explain that? Absolutely. Okay. Here's. I just made a brand new DVD called "122 Steps uh, Toward uh, Eternity." As a matter of fact, here let me just open that uh, PowerPoint presentation since I've got it here. Awesome. All right. Here's here's why. This is how long I think it'll be before America falls. And my best guess is, and I don't know, we, if you want to, we can talk about that, too. That is how long I think it'll be before Jesus returns. But, Absolutely. That's a question on many people's minds, Stan, and, you know, where are we in the end-time scenario? Okay, well, uh, in, in answer to your question, here's what I see coming. I believe that they, and this is combining what I know from prophecy, what uh, 
Demetri Dudeman told me, along in most of this that I'm about to say comes from Prophet Leslie, which is my wife, and I need to tell you about her. She's given over 5,000 prophecies, and as far as I know, she had missed one of them. Good golly. Uh, I mean, I'll give you another quick example of just how God talks to her all the time. Uh, this was uh, four or five months ago. I knew that my wedding ring was not lost. Uh, I had was doing some work in the house, and I had laid it down because I didn't want it to get scratched or anything, you know, doing some handiwork. And so we knew it was in the house. And we had kind of casually been looking for it for about three weeks. And then finally, <laughs> we decided to look. <laughs> we got to really look, and then we started praying and you know, Lord, show us where this wedding ring is. Well, right. that night going to sleep, Leslie prayed and said, Lord, would you show me where the wedding ring is? It's the wedding ring. And uh, she said, that night, the angel came to me. Well, let me back up. The next thing that happened was the next morning, she comes walking in my office with her index finger up in the air, straight up, with my wedding ring around her finger. I said, where'd you find that? She says, it was in the cleaner. Uh, several years ago, I bought her one of those little ultrasonic cleaners for like. Oh yeah. Ring. Did you dip the uh, the ring in and it cleans it? Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. Okay. And I said it was not. I said I looked there just yesterday. She says, "Did you look in that little sack? There's this little ball that you can put things in, like kind of like a tea strainer." Yeah. And I said, "No, I actually I didn't look inside there." She says, "Well, it was inside there." And. uh I said, how did you find it? She said, well, the angel told me where it was. I said, oh, okay, great. Well, I put it on. I went on to work. And and then I thought, wait a minute. I want to ask some more about this. So I went in. and I said, come here, sit sit down. So I got her sat down right in front of me, looking her straight in the eyes. I want to make certain I get all of this. I said, I want you to tell me uh, exactly how this angel told you where the ring was. She said, well, he just spoke to me and told me where it was. I said, okay, exactly what were the words he used? And she kind of ducked her head. She says, well, that's a part I hadn't told you. I said, what do you mean? She says, well, the angel doesn't always speak in English. I said, he doesn't always speak in English? She says, no. (laughs) Sometimes he speaks in another language. And I said, what language? She says, I don't know. I said, well, what does the language sound like? She says, I can't begin to make those words, those sounds. She says, he speaks another language, but I understand it in English. Well, then my mind went back to the second chapter of Acts, where Peter gave the gospel in in Hebrew, but people in 17 other languages heard it, and they turned and said, how is it that this is a man, a Galilean, and yet we hear him, each man, in, in our own tongue? So I knew that that was God. She says, well, actually a lot of times he comes to me and and he speaks in this other language, but I understand him in English. Now, I say that to let you know, what she's prophesying from from most of the time is not just a typical person's dream. When she says she hears the audible voice, she hears the audible voice. When the angel speaks to her, she means the angel speaks to her. So she's, and, and God told her, that she was a prophet, and she was anointed as a prophet, and so, you know, take that for what it's worth. Anyway. Stan, we have a question from the chat room. Uh, we've got a lot of people tuning in, by the way. It says, ask Stan a uh, question, was Prophet Leslie a prophet when you met her before you married, or did the anointing come on later? <laughs> That's 
a very good question. Uh, as no, as a matter of fact, when we both got married, we were uh, both Christians, but we weren't attending church. Again, had no idea I'd ever be called in the ministry. Didn't want to be in the ministry. Didn't want to be a minister. Uh, I would say we were Christians, but pretty distant Christians at the time. Her, the anointing came on her when Prophecy Club started in '93, and then <clears throat> we we got stronger and closer to the Lord uh, through the process of uh, years. And then in about 2000, we started doing actually about 1980. No, excuse me, 1998. We began doing these crusades where we'd have two to five hundred people at a crusade, and we had prophets in. And uh, these prophets were, we didn't understand it then, but really training her and helping her to understand about the prophetic and the spirit world and how it all works. Yes. And then one day, it was, uh, I'd have to look it up, it was like about six months after uh, uh, January of 2000, we were at a crusade, and uh, Gene Bacon, for those that might know the name, a prophet of God, many years accurate prophet of God, came up to me. Uh, of course, I was the you know the person in charge of the Prophecy Club Crusade, and he says uh, the Lord told me we're supposed to anoint Leslie as an in the office prophet. Now, awesome. let me explain. When there's the first anointing a person gets to say become a, a pastor, doesn't mean that they are a full pastor or a person gets anointed to be say an apostle. Doesn't mean that they are an in the office apostle. It may take 5, 10, 15, 20 years of growing and learning before they are uh, in the office. In other words, it's just like, let's say you go to take Taekwondo. Uh, just because you walked in and took off your shoes and walked on the mat for the first time doesn't mean you're a black belt. Right, exactly. Mean you started. You started the learning. Well, you see, that's what had happened to Leslie in probably 93. She started the learning, but in 2000, God told uh, uh, us, and we all confirmed it, that we needed to pray for her as an, to receive the anointing of a prophet, an in-the-office prophet. So uh, we fixed up the little diploma, and the next morning I was going to present it. But what I didn't know is God told her in the night that he was giving her a gift. And the gift was that she was going to be given the anointing uh, of, a, of a prophet. And the next morning... I walked up and I had the uh, little uh, certificate in a roll up my sleeve. There's no way she could have known that we were about to do that. This was going to be a big surprise. Yes. I walked up. She says, you're doing something. You're doing something. What do you have? What do you have? <laughs> well, as a very, very slick, I pulled it out of my sleeve, and I, there's a little slot underneath the podium, and I just slid it under the podium, and she came up. She was feeling my sleeves, and that. she says, I know you. I know something. <laughs> I know something about and, of course, she later told me what that God had already told her what was going on. And uh, I said, oh, no, no, nothing, nothing, have a seat. So after we got everything started with a prayer, then we called Leslie up and we presented it to her. And then one of the other prophets, it was like four prophets and an apostle there. We all agreed, all laid hands on her. And this one prophet said, you know, I just see that Lord, the Lord is putting a crown of glory on you. And he took his hands as if you were setting a crown on her head. And as soon as his hand touched the top of her head, I mean, it was like, boom. Wow. I mean, like you hit her over the head with a sledgehammer. She hit the ground, and she didn't get up for over an hour. And when she got up, she had uh, the, the visions, the, the, 
covers of three books, her first three books she's written. And she, she wrote those three books. God told her to write those books. Now, we're saying all of this so that she has some credibility. Let me tell you what's coming for America and about how long we have. Now, you remember Dimitri was told it'll start with an internal revolution. Keep that in mind. Based upon everything I know, this is what I think will come. I can't guarantee this is the order it'll come, but this is my best guess for the order. I think, first of all, we're going to see that they will give the Palestinians a state. Now, this comes from a prophecy given to Leslie uh, April 15, 2002. They will give the Palestinians a state, but it'll be a temporary measure to allow the Israelis time to strengthen their military. The exact words of the headline, write it down, folks, is Omer ushers in Palestinian state. Oh. That's really important because, you know, Obama right now is pushing really hard for a Palestinian state. Yeah, they had a meeting even last Thursday, didn't they? Uh, up in D.C., and um, we even heard that they formed something called a Mediterranean Union, so I'm getting some new information. But uh, that's what they want to do, right? I have not heard that, um, but I will tell you this. There is a YouTube video out by a pastor buddy of mine by the name of Carl Gallup, just like a horse gallops. And uh, he's talking about how Avi Lipkin, which is one of our past speakers, his yes. wife, uh, actually listens to Arab broadcasts to hear what they're up to. And back in um, about uh, 2004, somewhere in there, they were announcing on Arab communications that they were going to get a Muslim in the White House. Then when Obama started running, they began openly saying that Obama is going to be their Muslim in the White House. And according to this YouTube video he put out, that once Obama had won the nomination, I mean, became president, that um, him and Hosni Mubarak had a conversation, and uh, Obama said that, well, first he's got to deal with health care. Then after health care, he's going to do a great big favor for all of the Muslims. Oh, man. Now, I don't know wow. if that is a mosque at ground zero, or if that is giving them a Palestinian state. If I had to pick between the two of them, I'd say the bigger gift would be a Palestinian state, wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. Or maybe okay, he'll so do that, both. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, I believe he's a, a closet Muslim. Matter of fact, according to yeah. Fox News and one of their polls, 34% of America believe that Obama is a closet Muslim. Uh, and put me down in that category. Too. Well, no doubt about it. I mean, I, I saw the video where he talks about his Muslim faith. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, I mean, what better way for the Muslims to uh, take over Christianity without even, you know, firing a shot than to put one of their own in our White House? And I believe that is what happened. And, folks, if you're listening, I'm not uh, singling out Obama. Listen, it goes way back, the New World Order, all the way to George Bush Sr., who was a director of the CIA, Poppy Bush. Uh, we could do a whole program on that. Uh, Clinton, George Bush Jr., they're all uh, puppets of the New World Order, and their goal is to uh, enslave you and I. And if you go up the chain in, of command, uh, you're going to find Lucifer, Satan, at the top, pulling their strings. But, uh, you know, Stan, I, I re read the I read the whole Bible, and I read Revelations, and it talks about all the, uh, the saints being beheaded for their testimony. And, you know, what's the modus operandi of uh, Islam? which means, by the way, submit, folks, 
either they convert you or they take your head off. Yeah, uh, I don't I know, know of anybody else who likes to chop heads, Stan, do you? Uh, no, I don't. Uh, okay, let me go ahead and, and tell them the next step. Okay, the first step you're going to see is they will give the Palestinians a state. The words will be Omer ushers in Palestinian state. The second thing I think you'll see is a catastrophe hits America. Now, we don't know what that catastrophe is, but we do know that Leslie was shown that there's going to be a tsunami of 200-foot tall hit one of our coastlines. Oh, my goodness, also, wow. We also know that the Great Lakes are going to open up down towards the south, down to at least Tupelo, Mississippi, and they may actually open up into the Gulf. So, I mean, it's going to be a whopper of a catastrophe. But when that catastrophe hits, of course, America is going to be devastated. Yes. And at that time, uh, and by the way, the words to the headline will be, Catastrophe Hits America. Then America, of course, is going to call for all of the world to help it. Then the next headline will be one of America's greatest times of need. I hope you folks are writing this down. One of America's greatest times of need. So America is on her knees. Now, what do you think would happen when America is on her knees? What do you think would probably be something that would occur in the Middle East? Well, at our most vulnerable point, that's when our enemies uh, will probably strike us and uh, go after Israel because you got it. We're the protectorate, right? Or we were. That, that, you know, you're exactly right. All right, now, but this is a setup. This is a test from God. The fourth headline, I believe, will be Israel refuses help to America. So here we are on our knees begging, and our good friend Israel refuses help to America. But you see, Genesis twelve three says, I will bless them that bless you yes. and curse them that curse you. It doesn't say, I will bless them that bless you when you're correct. It doesn't say, I'll bless them that bless you when you're strong. Amen. It simply says, I'll bless them that bless you and I'll curse them that curse you. Stan, what happened when, when we were forcing Ariel Sharon to kick out all the, uh, the Jews out of Gaza? At that very same time, what happened in America? Shortly after that was 9-11. Absolutely, and uh, we also had Katrina, didn't we? When we were causing the settlers... That was another occasion, yes. That's yes. another occasion. Okay, and then, uh, well, there was... We turned against Israel with the Katrina rocket thing, and then there was 9-11, and you're right, and then we kicked some of the Israelis out of their homes, and then God kicked a lot of our folks out of our homes with Katrina. Brother, it seems every time we, uh, we cause Israel to give up their land that God gave them, God brings judgment on our heads, and I don't think we've learned our lesson here. No, no, we haven't. Well, see, America is just not real interested in this. But anyway, let me go on. Okay, so Israel refuses help to America is headline number four. Headline number five is Israel is attacked. America sends troops, which is the correct thing to do. But, again, it's a test, which we fail, by the way. Then headline number six is chaos reigns as Americans protest help to Israel. Now, I think what will happen, yep. when we send the troops, then you're going to see CNN, the Communist News Network, and many of the other right. communist networks on there saying, why, why are we helping them? They didn't help us when we were down. Well, if you want to be blessed, you better bless Israel. Amen. And of course, that ties in some, some topics about oil in Israel we'll get to in a second. Then the seventh and the final uh, step, she heard, Leslie heard my voice, 
quoting the angel that spoke to Dmitri, the fall of America will start with an internal revolution started by the communists. In other words, these are the steps to the fall of America. They'll give a Palestinian state, catastrophe hits America, one of America's greatest times of need, Israel refuses help to America, Israel has attacked America sends troops, chaos reigns as Americans protest help to Israel, and then it's the internal revolution, and then Russia, Cuba, Nicaragua, Central America, Mexico attack. You see? Red Dawn invasion style. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, exactly, except for it's, it's nuclear. Okay. And Stan, um, uh, did you know, by the way, that they're doing a remake of the movie Red Dawn? How, how time? <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, time with it, they bring this back up again. Let me ask you a question. When we go into civil riots here, civil, you know, and there's internal struggle, and the government is busy trying to quell that, uh, is that when maybe uh, Russian Spetsnaz troops would try to sabotage our nuclear power plants? Was that part of the prophecy? Okay, uh, that's a good question. I made a DVD uh, called The Next 9-11, and here's what happened. I prayed, and I said, Lord, I said, look, you know, you should tell me anything about this last 9-11. I got absolutely no warning at all, and, you know, here I am supposed to be a watchman on the wall, and I said, I can't warn your people if you don't tell me. So I'm no. asking you, tell me, what is The Next 9-11? And I was shown that there's going to be a sophisticated group of people. This is no person that straps C4 around them and walks into a restaurant. Okay, This is a sophisticated group of people placing sophisticated bombs. Yes, They're going to be in cities all across America. And what he showed me is that it, at least one of them will be located in a regional bank, and it will lock out all of the records and their backups. And it'll do two things. It'll throw America into a financial tailspin and put billions of dollars into the international bankers' pockets. Now, I did not at the time understand what God was saying. How in the world can blowing up a regional bank put billions of dollars into their pockets? I didn't understand that until Katrina. After the floodwaters receded, the people went to the bank with their hand out saying, hey, I had some money in the bank. I'd like to have it. That's right. And the banker said, well, you know, we're happy to give it to you, but we lost all of our records in the flood. Now, if you can prove you had the money in the bank, we're happy to give it to you. Oh, man, and that's course, true. people say, ah, we lost all of our records in the flood. <laughs> and wow. And, of course, I think that's where they hatched the idea to do it on a nationwide scale. I mean, Stan, uh, you've got this covered in one of the videos. This is one that everybody needs to have. What is the name of this one? This one's called The Next 9-11. Next 9-11. God have mercy. Let me ask you. Did you see uh, the movie The Traitor? That, that's oh, the name of yes. the movie. Okay. Yes, sir. You recall that movie was talking about how there is a plan to launch 50 suitcase nuclear bombs on Thanksgiving all the way across America simultaneously. That's right. Now, you know that right before 9-11, there was another movie called The Lone, uh, the Lone Dove that had an airplane taken over. It was the whole, uh, the flight controls were taken over and it was flying directly into the World Trade Center. But at the last minute, the pilots were able to get control, pulled up, and avoid the collision. Well, like 30 days later, 9-11 takes place. In other words, Hollywood does prophesy through the movies. 
Stan, I believe um, I believe that was an inside job. What do you think about nine one one? Well, here's the best way to answer that. A good friend of mine, um, um, uh, Ken Peters, made a DVD for us called "I Saw the Tribulation," and it is one of our best-selling DVDs even to this day. Now, this was made back in 2000, and it talks about a dream he had had 25 years earlier when he was called to be a prophet. Yes. And this dream showed him, he lived through the first three and a half years of the tribulation in this dream. God showed him how people got their heads cut off. By the way, it wasn't the guillotine, it was a scimitar, the, 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 the Masonic or the uh, Islamic long Oh, term yeah, sword. That, that's right. And the way they get the head cut off, is they lay them face up, face up. That way it's the scariest. In other words, they see the blade coming. Wow. But anyway, he was shown the mark of the beast, and here's what he told me. I called him. And uh, matter of fact, I, I wasn't supposed to tell you who told me this. Maybe maybe I shouldn't tell you. Hey, that. listen, you can't give me one potato chip and then take away the bag. <laughs> okay. I need the whole bag, my friend. Okay. I wasn't supposed to tell We, we demand all the details okay, here. Here, here, I'll, I'll change it. I, I won't rat on you, though. Uh, essentially, he he told me that he was told enough information uh, about the, the the 9-11 to let people know that it was an inside job. That way, I, I haven't betrayed what he asked me not to say. Well, you know what? Uh, everything established with two or three witnesses. Uh, not only does he believe that, but uh, you had another gentleman uh, you did a program with called Stephen Houston, didn't you? Uh, yes, yes. Uh Dr. Houston, uh, folks, is a man who could go into the White House to the daily matrix meetings. Uh, You need to get that Daily briefing, yes. That's right. Uh, The reason I love Stan Johnson Prophecy Club is they get all the interesting guests, folks. I mean, if you want to learn on what's going on, you've got to put these videos in your library, and I have them in mind. By the way, are you going to bring back um, Ken again and do an update on I Saw the the Tribulation? Actually... Actually, I've uh, when the times when I've talked to Ken, he's uh, last time I talked to him, he's uh, pastoring a church and just really not going out and speaking anymore. I haven't talked to him recently, though. He had left the country uh, at one point, didn't he? Moved overseas. Well, I, I don't, I don't know, but uh, I want to think, uh, but he's probably a smart guy. <laughs> the, the my understanding is the only time he ever gave that story was speaking to the prophecy club. Every That's place right. else, he refuses to talk about it. Well, you know, that had to have been such a traumatic uh, to actually uh, catch a glimpse of what's, what's happening. And you oh, see, that's back awesome to the... DVD. I mean, it's you awesome. get that, folks. It's called I Saw the Tribulation with Ken Peters? Yes, and you can uh, get it online at prophecyclub.com, or you can call us at 785-266-1112 tomorrow and uh, place your order for it. It's very popular. As a matter of fact, uh, I think the number one DVD at the Prophecy Club for the last three years has been uh, Prayer Closet. Uh, by myself, and it's talking about how to, to pray so that you are close enough to God so you will get God's supernatural protection in the day of trouble. Number two is Truth About the Rapture, where I give 357 scriptures showing people what the Bible says about the rapture. And I think number three is uh, I Saw the Tribulation, and uh, number four is uh, like the next 9-11. I don't know, mine are very popular among them, and when we have 135 guests uh, through the years, that's saying quite a bit. Well, you get to interview these guys, and uh, listen, you, you've done more interviews on the subject of prophecy than any other man alive. Uh, I believe, Probably I mean, you just, <laughs> you've had so many come through here. I mean, uh, 
talk a little bit about the, the Prophecy Club. Um, y'all would actually bring in a speaker, film them, then put them on tour around the country, correct? Correct. Make a DVD, and then there was a time when we were having two or three new guest speakers each month. We were having meetings in 40 cities a month. Wow. Uh, about 5,000 people were attending our meetings each month. And I didn't know it at the time, but we were the number two prophecy in America, second only to Jack Van Impey. And he's even changing his views now um, on some things. Um, Stan, um, the Bible talks about before Jesus returns, two things going to happen. There's going to be a great falling away, and then the, the Antichrist is going to rise. And that right there uh, shows you Jesus can't come back imminent, I mean, imminently in you know any second. There are certain biblical parameters that got to happen. And as I started to study it, uh, it's very clear. The great falling away is an offense that comes to the Christian mainstream church. And I believe it's the persecution of the saints. And if people are being fed this line where you can be out of here at any moment, Christians will not be persecuted or go through the tribulation, are they not, in effect, being set up to be part of the great falling away because they're not prepared to endure till the end? Well, I think... What causes the great falling away, if you read Matthew 24, uh, it take me just a second to pull it up here. But Absolutely. Uh, here, hang on just a second. I've got my computer Bible here. Let's see. Matthew 24, long about like 29, somewhere in there. And folks, if you like that um, uh, story on Demetri Dudeman, you've got to get that one. Listen, that is an awesome story. Demetri Dudeman was a real man of God. He was a true prophet. And uh, you say, well, I don't believe him. Uh, just one man. Uh, who else has said it? Uh, Henry Gruber? He saw the yeah. Russian subs attack. Well, yes. I mean, absolutely. He saw, uh, to tell you that story here, well, let's hang on to the Henry Gruber. Let me, let me come back to this. You might have to do three hours, Stan. <laughs> hey, by the way, if, if you need to take a bathroom break at any moment, just uh, yell and we will... Uh, we'll put some music on. Uh, this is a live program, folks. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to a Mega Man Radio Network. We've got Stan Johnson, the founder of the Prophecy Club. Website is prophecyclub.com. Stan, uh, I'll give it back to you, my friend. Okay. All right. Uh, let me explain what I believe that the Great Falling Away really is and what's going to cause it. Now, Matthew 24:10 says, "And then shall many be offended." Uh, I'll even back up here uh, to verse nine. Then, they sh- then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted. Now, I know a lot of people think, oh, that was that's talking about the Jews back in the Holocaust. No, it wasn't. I'll show you why. And shall kill you. I believe that's talking about Christians yes. in the future in this nation. Why do you think this nation? Because Revelation 20, verse 4 says, In her was found the blood of prophets and of all the saints of the earth. Okay, it's talking specifically about America. Okay, so continue. Anyway, they shall kill you, and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. All right, now I don't have a problem agreeing that Israel is certainly included in there, and that there's going to be afflicted and people killed in Israel too. However, this does not fit Israel. No, and sir. then shall many be offended. Well, people weren't offended in uh, the, the, the Holocaust, and it, they, also this doesn't fit. And shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. There was very few Jews that betrayed one another. I mean, they were all in the same melting pot, being thrown That's in right. Auschwitz and Dachau and Treblinka all together. So they were betraying each other. It was everybody else betraying Jews. 
Then it says, many false prophets shall arise and shall deceive many. Now, we have not seen many false prophets. We've seen some of them. We've seen some deceive many. And then it says, because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Um, and then I believe what happens is the rapture does not take place. And just like Second uh, Peter, I believe it is, uh, 3.8 says, um, that, that uh, oh, how's it worded? Uh, for all, for since our fathers fell asleep, all things remain the same. How's that worded? I'm missing the first part of it. Um, Good. Um, I need some more day, coffee. There shall come, scoff, <laughs> come scoffers saying, where is the promise of his coming? That's right. Since yes. our fathers fell asleep, all things remain the same. Now, what is a scoffer? It's someone that mocks and laughs at someone. Now, what I think is going to happen in, when the trouble hits and there's no pre-trib, mid-trib, or pre-wrath rapture, there's yes. going to be a lot of people get angry. They're going to burn their Amen. Bibles, beat up their pastors, burn their churches, and we're going to see Paul's reverts back to becoming Saul's. Understand? Amen. Yes. In other words, people that used to be Christians now are Christian reporters. They're going to call <laughs> right? the hotline. That's right. uh, to, to turn in their brothers. And they betray one another and hate one another because they'll say, well, since our fathers fell asleep, there's no rapture, and they walk away from the church, and that is the great falling away. And the great falling away, uh, that the man of sin cannot be revealed until that takes place. Now, would you like to discuss, we've got 45 minutes left, <laughs> you want to talk about prophecies of oil in Israel or how long it is till Jesus returns? Oh, my goodness. We're going to have to do a thousand shows. I can already tell this. This is just an introduction of who Stan Johnson is tonight, uh, folks. He he knows so much, um, and I, I keep taking him down rabbit trails. We will literally have to do a hundred shows to cover all the topics I want, Stan. <laughs> well, my suggestion uh, to the brothers and sisters out there, if you really want to know yes. the truth about what is coming on, then I suggest you go to our website and then go to the bookstore and you type in. Stan Johnson, S-T-A-N, Stan Johnson, and you pull up all of the DVDs and you start ordering and you start watching. There's 22 of them. Yes. And, you know, like, for example, Daniel, verse by verse, very popular. Seven hours I teach through every word in Daniel. Revelation, verse by verse. Those two are very good to start with. Uh, some of this advanced stuff like uh, next 9-11, I mean, that's, that's interesting. But if you want to start learning what is coming, you better start learning Isaiah verse by verse. I've done that, too. Go through with Bible in hand and begin to learn. Stan, um, I have no doubt in my mind that we're in the last days and uh, that uh, terrible times are coming. Uh, I met with a prophet, uh, a guy named Scott Lathrop of Soul Bait Ministries. This was... Uh, this was several months ago when he gave me this word, and he says, uh, you know, God has called you in the ministry. You have a word to speak. Speak it, and uh, he's preparing you so that you will not faint. And that uh, word has haunted me because when I look at the term faint, I'm thinking, well, dear God, what does it, what would I be coming up against that would cause me to faint? And uh, I understand the meaning now that, the time that is coming is going to be so terrible. It talks about men's hearts will fail them for the fear. You know, there'll be people that uh, don't know Christ as their Savior jumping out of windows, commit suicide. You know, they've been losing everything. Uh, people say, well, the crash is 
you know, already happened. We went as far down as possible. Oh. And uh, <laughs> I have to remind people what uh, Tony Robbins said two weeks ago on his website. As he was boarding a plane to go to Fiji, he said a guy that he has been um, a life coach to for over 10 years and has always made him money told him, he said, the collapse hasn't happened yet. It's going to happen. Get your money out of the stock market. And he, he was trying to be as honest as he could. And then he hit the plane and left. And uh, I had I talked to another guy, Stan, who uh, is friends with a billionaire who works for one of the 15 trillionaires in the world. And he said that uh, his information is that it's fixing to get so bad that he's going under underground. I mean, he's closing up shop. It's over with. Uh, I'm hearing reports like this. There, there are guys that uh, are throwing in the towel on their radio shows. They've been on the air for 15 years. They said it's uh, it's time to go underground. People know that something is coming. You know, the elite are, are preparing. There is no contingency plan for you and I. And, folks, if you don't know Jesus Christ, you have no hope in this time that's coming because what is coming is the second Holocaust. And whereas it was the Jews before, this time it's going to be the Jews, Christians, and the patriots. Okay, there are FEMA marsh camps in America. There will be martial law. Um, when we're at our most vulnerable point, our enemies are going to attack us. And, uh, yes, we are mentioned in Bible prophecy, as Stan said. Go read Jeremiah 15 and 51 and Revelation 18. Better yet, and, my DVD, Prophecies of... Uh, Amen? Of, uh, American Prophecy is the name of it. Go ahead. Get this video. And so, uh, I mean, I've, I've just been thinking, dear God, uh, you're preparing me so I will not faint. That means some hard times are coming. And so, um, if you turn on the, the, the TV and you listen to a lot of these televangelists, okay, and all they preach about is prosperity. And I'm not against prosperity, Stan. I, I believe God wants to bless his people, but they've got an unbalanced gospel and they're preaching, you know, uh, sow your seed, God's going to make you a millionaire, and then you're going to be taken out of here before the first fire, shot is fired. And I say, go look at Dimitri Dudeman and his testimony. He was put on the electric chair three times. Okay, there has been millions who have died overseas. And this is a fantasy in our mind, Stan, to think that we're not going to suffer for Christ. Because didn't Jesus say, if they persecuted me, they'll persecute you? Is the servant greater than the master? I have always said, we're going to have the same exact opportunity that Peter and the other disciples had to choose whether or not we're going to deny Christ. And what are we going to do? Are we going to run for cover? Uh, and some of us are going to lose our head, folks. But if you go that way, it's a quicker way to go, and you will have a martyr's crown. Uh, and there are some that will endure till the end. Instead, I hope maybe I'm wrong. I hope that we get out of here sooner. But personally, I don't believe we get out of here to the last trumpet. That tells me if I'm alive in that time, then a uh, uh, good chance I could be martyred, see my family martyred, put into the camps. Um, and um, knowing that all this stuff is coming, if I prepare myself for that, I've got a better chance of survival than someone that says, well, Revelation, I don't have to read, worry about it because that's just for those that are left behind. Um, the, the people who don't, don't know what time it is and aren't watching and praying, they're probably going to make that, but they're great falling away. Am I, am I correct here? Yes, Dimitri, the angel spoke to Dimitri, said that if people don't start worshiping him now and turning away from sin now, that they will deny him. In other words, the time of testing is coming that is going to be so great. And there's another part of the prophecy. I can look it up if you want it here, but uh, it says that if they haven't cleaned up their life, if they haven't already come to the knowledge of the truth, 
that they will be put through a testing and they will deny him and lose their salvation. Wow. I'm going to say that, man, I don't even know the percentage, but a great many people that now call themselves Christians, that now attend church on a pretty regular basis, are probably going to lose their salvation because they'll they'll deny it. They just their faith is not deep enough to withstand the test. Brother, you know, uh, my, one of my grandfathers died, went home to be with the Lord. The other one is a retired minister. And the last um, sermon he was preparing to preach, in fact, he had it on his desk. They found it after they went to clear his desk, got after he died, was called The Sifting of the Saints. And, um, you know, that's always stuck in my mind. You know, judgment comes first to the house of God and says, if the righteous scarcely be saved, where do the sinner and the unrighteous appear? Um, great falling away means just that's great. It's going to be massive numbers, folks. They're not prepared. Uh, unfortunately, they were not told the truth, or they just chose to believe the lie. And so <clears throat> we need to be prepared. Stan, uh, you did a video on how a person can be prepared, and part of that involves uh, getting into a prayer closet, doesn't it? That's right. That's right. Yeah, it's. It's. I, I think it's... Uh, the number two all-time DVD at the Prophecy Club, second only to Dimitri Dudeman's testimony. It's called Building Your Prayer Closet, Protection in Time of Trouble, and it's talking about how Daniel prayed three times a day and slept with the lions. And if and the message to us, by the way, Daniel wasn't for Daniel's generation. The book of Daniel primarily was written for our generation. Everything in it was sending a message to our generation. And just like the, the story of Nebuchadnezzar putting up the image, making all people fall down and worship the image, that is exactly what happens again in Revelation 13, 14. The uh, Antichrist for, makes them, the people that dwell on the earth, make an image to the beast. And of course, I just made a brand new DVD on that, which is talking about artificial life, how J. Craig Venter just invented artificial life from four microbes he pulled out of four different bottles and has got it to replicate. And I think that the beginning of the making of the image of the beast just started June 3rd, 2010. Again, oh, my goodness. a brand new DVD on that. That's a whole other broadcast if you want to. Man, that's going to be interesting. We're going to do a show on that one. Um, and then we just we just hit the tip of the t- iceberg. Um, you know a lot about the Mark of the Beast system, too, don't you? Yes, sir. Matter of fact, just made a brand new DVD on that called The System of the Mark of the Beast. I show people how your birth certificate and your Social Security card, specifically the QCIP number on the back of your Social Security card, because the most important number is not the number on the front of the Social Security card. It's not the one that you have memorized. Get your Social Security card, flip it over to the back, you'll see a nine-digit alphanumeric number. That Uh is the number that brings you into the system. That is the QCIP number. Your uh, Committee on Uniform... Uh, identification and procedures number. That is oh. the number. You have been bought and sold all of your life. Oh, my goodness. Uh, in that are they going to uh, force all to take a RFID implant? You will be linked to that? We, we cannot say that it's going to be an RFID implant. However, here's this story on that. Now, of course, everybody's familiar with the, the RFID chip that came out was the size of a grain of rice, and they've been putting yes. it in dogs and cats for about 20 years. That's old news. 
But what you may not know is the second generation is about the size of a grain of salt. But the third generation is, you can't see it with the human eye. It's nano size. Good grief. Well, man, uh, Stan, what is to to keep from uh, going to get an injection on the arm with a flu shot, and next thing you know, you've gotten a mark? I mean, it could go in through a needle, couldn't it? You would never even know it. Or do you think it will will have to be... I think he said it. God have mercy. Well, I don't like vaccines. I don't take them. I'll be honest with you. I don't know if I can help it. <laughs> no, no, no. I, no, no, I'm not thinking any more vaccines. Not considering uh, that uh, I worked for the U.S. Army for about seven years, folks. I've told some of the you know, the story. I used to work security part-time, and I worked with uh, some retired CIA agents, and uh, I would come in and relieve them, and they would say, did you read the article on the back of the Washington Times today about the... Uh, the Chinese invading the Spratly Islands. And, uh, and I said, no, I, I didn't get a chance. <laughs> but I knew he wanted to tell me something, so I, uh, I asked him, well, what's the significance? And he said, well, they've invaded because they're going to build a, uh, a submarine base and they want to control that area of the, you know, the ocean theater. And, uh, well, I, we started engaging in these long conversations, Stan, and this is the same guy who told me that uh, AIDS was uh, created by the military and they unleashed it in Africa. So that we could spoil their uh, Actually, their resources. The the, the person to uh, look up on the AIDS story is Lynn Horowitz. Lynn Horowitz, yes, yes, yes. Okay, and he written a book called Emerging Viruses, and he well documents that they were actually created. The AIDS viruses actually created in a laboratory in um, Maryland. That's right. It's been so long now, I can't remember all the details. But Probably back in the 60s now. even. Um, I mean, look, folks, uh, they want to take the world population out of 500 million. That means they've got to kill like 5.5 billion of us. So, I mean, it's a dastardly plan. And, uh, I mean, you know, they want everything you've got. Can uh, we get to oil in Israel? Yes, let's jump to oil in Israel. <laughs> we could talk about the New World Order all night. Uh let me throw it back to you before I start preaching. <laughs> and before we go there, would you give out your contact information again, Stan? Sure. Uh, the office number is 785-266-1112. Repeat. You see, I love interviews like this, Stan, because you know you know most everything on prophecy, my friend. That's, uh, been, that's been what I eat and breathe for 30 years. I'm going to call you the walking prophecy encyclopedia. Seven eight five two six six eleven twelve or prophecyclub dot com. Just go into the bookstore and type in Stan Johnson. You can pull up all of the. Uh, well, I don't know if you'll find all of them. We just made three just this past weekend. Three new DVDs, but there's like twenty two DVDs. Okay, so if we want to uh, come in here and start talking about uh, oil in Israel, is that where we're going now? Absolutely, and uh, Stan. Now I know that um, you're in demand and. You may have uh, other uh, appointments, but uh, if you need to go over, I've got a buffer zone, so take your time on this, all right? Okay. All right. Well, first of all, when we start talking about Israel and oil in Israel, the story actually all begins with Abraham. Abraham, Genesis 12:3. if you recall, because he was faithful and he would not be willing to hold back his son, He was willing to give his son to God. He made a commitment with God. And so God said, Genesis 12, 3, I will bless them and bless you and curse them to curse you. Talked about that earlier. 
also with Abraham, as you recall, um, 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 his brother Lot got overran by some kings from Sodom and Gomorrah, and they took uh, his wives and his family, and they ran off. Well, Abraham said, no, you're not going to get away with that. So he got all of his servants, and they went down there and chased these kings. And Genesis 14.10 says, and the veil of Sedim, now that means Sodom, the veil of Sedim was full of slime pits, and the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah fled. They were fleeing from Abraham and fell in the slime pits. All right, well, what's a slime pit? Does that mean that's full of a, a big water thing of algae? Is algae slime? No. You look up the word slime pits, and it means crude oil. Now, wow. in, I made three DVDs on this. I made Prophecies of Oil in Israel, and then I found more prophecies. So I made a second DVD called More Prophecies of Oil in Israel. Then I found the very prophecies that I believe that show where to drill and how deep to drill. So I made a third DVD called Asher's Prophecies of Oil in Israel. So I've got three DVDs. If you call the office, we got a package where you can get all three of them for a good price if you're, if you're interested in that. Anyway, and by the way, I should also say, I, I can't talk about uh, prophetic oil and the vision to go drill the well in Israel, but if you call 877-OIL-ISRAEL, they can answer your questions. 877-OIL-ISRAEL. Now, anyway, so after uh, Abraham chases these kings and they fall into these slime pits, well, one of the things that my wife and I do uh, is every year or so we take a group of people over to Israel and we show them all sorts of amazing things that most tour trips do not show them. Um, And one of the things is we take them to the southwest end of the Dead Sea. We take them down into a wadi where they can see oil oozing out of the side of the ravine, even to this day. Now, I believe that that's some 4,000 years later what is left of those slime pits that the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah fell into. All right, then the story continues with Isaac to Jacob. Now, you remember this story. Okay, now, uh, Isaac was going to prophesy. And, of course, Esau was really the firstborn but there was a little switcheroo, which I won't go into. But Jacob was given the firstborn blessing. Uh, you remember the story? Yes, sir. Isaac called Esau and said, hey, go fix me my favorite venison. And shortly Jacob showed up with the venison, and so Isaac gave him the firstborn blessing. Now, without going into the whole blessing, essentially this is the part of the blessing that relates to oil in Israel. Genesis 27, verse 28. God give thee the fatness of the earth. Well, what is the fatness of the earth? You see, we think of fatness and we think of, well, we think of some kind of grease or something. Well, sure enough, as you look that up, that word there, uh, and I'm pulling up my list here so I can actually, uh, hang on here. Uh, all the verses. Okay, Genesis 27, 28. Now I've got, okay, that word in the Hebrew, see, I think it's 49, yes, 49.24, and it, uh, it's mashman. Mashman, the direct translation is fatness, but usually or figuratively a rich dish, a fertile field, or a robust man. Well, that doesn't tell us very much. However, when you go looking up 49.24 throughout the whole Bible and you see the way it's used, 
most of the times it's used to refer to crude oil. So what is the fatness of the earth that was given to Jacob? Why, it's crude oil. All right, so the rest of the story is then Esau comes in and he sees that Isaac was just given this great blessing to Jacob, and he says, Father, uh, don't you have... Well, I'll skip that. Father, don't you have any more blessing? And he says, all right, come here. I do have a little bit more blessing. And this is what he prophesied to Esau. Thy dwelling shall be the fatness of the earth. Guess what? Same word. So both Jacob and Esau were prophesied to have crude oil. Now, the descendants of Esau live south and east of Israel, and most experts think that Esau are the descendants of Saudi Arabia. How much oil does Saudi Arabia have? They've got a lot. (laughs) A lot. Now, here's the interesting part. See, Jacob was given the firstborn blessing. The interesting part about the firstborn blessing is the firstborn blessing gets all, he gets twice the amount of blessing as all of the other children, which means Jacob must get twice the amount of oil as Yes. Saudi Arabia. That's right. Israel has twice the oil of Saudi Arabia. It wow. has to because that's the blessing. Genesis 27, 28, 29, and Genesis 27, 39. All right, now, so that's the beginning of the prophecies of oil, but they continue. So then, Jacob now. It's time for Jacob to die. So he calls his sons together. He says, gather yourselves around me. And I'm going to prophesy to you and tell you what will befall you in the last days. So that's not a prophecy for 4,000 or 3,000 or 2,000 years ago. It's not a prophecy for 50 years ago. It's in these days. Now, there's 15 specific prophecies that describe the last days. Only two of the 15 have been fulfilled. We're actually in the early days of the last days. So, let's look at what the prophecies are. Now, without going into all the detail, I'll get just to the part that deals with crude oil. Genesis 49.20, Asher's bread shall be fat. Well, guess what that word fat means? That's right, it's referring to crude oil. It goes on to say, Asher's bread, now what does that mean, Asher's bread? That means his primary way of eating is going to be from crude oil. Hmm. It goes on in there to say, and royal dainties. That means he's going to be so wealthy, he's going to be treated like royalty. But if you look over in Israel today, there's not hardly anybody treated like royalty. I mean, it yeah. is a third, well, I would say it's, it's elevated up to probably a second world nation right now. It's about where America was in 1930s, 1940s. But yes. still nowhere close to where America is. All right, then let's skip on down to the next verse, Genesis 49:22, And it says, Joseph is a fruitful bow by a well. We think it's referring to an oil well. And his branches shall run over the wall. We believe what that's saying is that Joseph is going to be so well blessed by oil wells that his strength will flow and run over and control other nations. Then verse 25 goes on to say, And he will be blessed, it's talking about Joseph, 
blessings of the deep that lieth under. Okay. When you look at that word deep, it's talking about something that's really deep and then lieth under. In other words, there's different levels on the earth. Uh, there's like oh, 10, 15, 20, 30, 50 feet down is the water level. Yeah. You drill down to that level and you hit water. But the oil level generally doesn't begin various depths, but generally, for example, in West Texas, it is around 4,000 foot deep. However, we believe, that, as a matter of fact, the best minds believe that oil is not actually pre-flood uh, plants and animals. It's actually a byproduct of processes that occur very deep in the earth. They are only guessing. They can't get down that deep to confirm it, but they think that oil is actually continually created as a byproduct of the rotation of the earth down in the like 25-mile deep area, and then in places where it's found up close to the surface is where it just is continuing to, to make, and it builds up such pressure, it just begins to look for any kind of a crack. And then the areas where it's got closer to the surface is where it's found a crack to get up that high. You know, I would agree with that. That's what you call is that abiotic? Hey, that's right, abiotic oil. As a matter of fact, for the last year and a half, I've been selling crude oil on the side. I have called almost every one of the 150 refineries in America, and I can tell you that there is not one refinery in America looking for crude oil. Instead, they have a line about 10 or 15 deep on their knees, standing outside of their gate, begging oh my to buy their oil. The, there is absolutely no way supply and demand has anything to do with the price of crude oil. If it did, the price of crude oil would be down around 10 15 at the most, $20 a barrel. We ought to be paying 50 to $0.75 cents at the most a dollar a gallon for the gasoline. There's the an oil glut like you can't believe right now. I mean, I, I heard that uh, people were even being paid to uh, keep their oil wells kept. I mean, guys like I Alex Jones. That. Uh, and, about, uh, about two years ago, I took my car in to uh, had a blowout of my tire. I had to get the tire replaced. Went into Discount Tire here in the Dallas area, and uh, we got to talking. What do you do? And I told him, and he said, "That's real interesting." There's a guy that comes in here and buys tires from me, and he lives just south of here. And he tells me he gets a really big paycheck every month from an oil company if he will not drill for oil on his land because they know so much oil is underneath him. In fact, uh, you all did a program with a, uh, a Bush pilot, didn't you, who discovered that the, one of the largest oil reserves uh, is in America? Actually, according to the USGS, the United States Geological Survey, <laughs> USGS.gov, so this is not just me saying this, but in Montana, South Dakota, also in uh, Colorado, there have been massive discoveries of oil. As a matter of fact, this was reported, and I don't have it all in front of me, but it's reported to the Congress that there is more oil inside of America that can be recovered than all of the rest of the world combined. Good grief. What a, what a scam that is that make us pay uh, 3 and $4 a gallon for gas. That's, That's right. just crazy. That's right. Well, there's evil. But see, all of this comes upon us because our God is not among us. In other words, the more we turn away from God, the more these troubles are. Anyway, let me continue here. 
so the, the rest of the prophecy. So then Jacob goes over and he prophesies, continuing to Joseph, and he said, let blessings come upon the crown of the head of Joseph. So of, of all of the sons, Joseph is the most blessed, and Asher is the second most blessed of all of the twelve sons. Now, then the uh, story jumps over to Moses. All right, in Exodus 3.8, we all remember the story that uh, Moses is standing in front of a bush, bush that burned. God told him to take off his shoes. He's standing on holy ground. Then he said, Moses, I'm going to get you up, and I'm going to send you into land that flows with milk and honey. But the problem is, what is the milk and honey? You want to take a guess? Mm. I know the answer. <laughs> But it's because I've been I've been following prophecy code for a while, folks. <laughs> That's where you learn. But there's uh, there's three or four different colors of crude oil on the globe. Now, obviously, black, tea colored. Remember Texas tea with the jet clamp. Oh yes. Okay, Texas tea. It looks like tea, dark colored tea. And then there's of course red that was just squirting out in the Gulf here recently. There's some people have reported and told me there's a green colored crude oil. And then there is yellow. Now, the deep, the darker, the thicker, the more asphalt-type uh, oil it is, is the less value, the less energy in it. The lighter the viscosity, the more energy there is in it, and the higher quality. Well, you see, Ezekiel 36 verses... Um, oh, man, what... No, excuse me, Ezekiel 20... Verse 6 and 15 both say that Israel will be the glory of all lands. Now, I take that to mean that Israel is the best land on earth. But if you go over to Israel and look, you write around and say, man, there's another bunch, bunch of sand and rocks and dirt here. There's nothing yeah. special about this land. Well, what makes Israel such the best land on earth is what flows beneath it. Now, the highest quality crude oil on the earth is called Aziri Light or Nigerian Bonnie Light, and it is yellow. I've got a bottle of it, 12 ounces here sitting on my desk, and it looks just like honey in a bottle. Oh, we've got a picture of that actually up on the website today. Yeah, there, there you go. There Stand you holding the bottle, yes. That's right. All right, so then uh, the, the story with Moses continues. All right, now you remember Moses course, led him through the Red Sea, and then walked around the desert for 40 years, but of course, because he uh, hit the, the rock instead of spoke to the rock, God said, you're going to, you can see the promised land, but I'm not going to let you go into the promised land. So, just a couple of days before Moses is ready to die, like Isaac gave a deathbed prophecy, and like Jacob gave a deathbed prophecy, Moses gave a death, deathbed prophecy too except for God had told him he's about to die. And God called him into the tabernacle. And God appeared to him in a pillar of fire and gave him the song of Moses. He said, this is a prophecy of what is coming for the children of Israel. And, of course, a whole lot of it was bad stuff. But part of the prophecy is talking once again that Israel is going to get massive amounts of oil. Here's what it says. Deuteronomy 33, excuse me, 32, 13. And he made him, that's Israel, ride upon the high places of the earth. Well, what are the high places? Israel doesn't have any high mountains to speak of. So I'll ask you, what do you think high places means? 
That is a good question. The best, I don't know. best land on earth, okay? Yep. Right upon the best land of the earth that you may eat the increase of the fields, and we think that means oil fields, and he made him to suck honey out of the rock and oil out of the flinty rock. Now, the interesting oh, there part there is some of the best rock to get oil out of is flint rock. Now, it says he'll make him to eat the increase of the fields. Now, what was prophesied of Asher? That his bread would be fat. So here God has got, for the second time, they're eating oil. In other words, their form of income is coming from oil. And he made him to suck honey out of the rock. Well, what's the only honey-colored anything that comes out of a rock? Oil. Yeah. And bees don't make their nests in rocks deep down into the ground. They don't even make nests in, in rocks. Can't. So the only thing that could be that comes from rock that is oily, that is, is yellow or honey-colored, is oil. Then the very next verse, Deuteronomy 33, excuse me, 32, 13, says that he will wax fat and wax in fat. Two more scriptures that have that word fat. Then the prophecy continues in Deuteronomy 33:13, and this prophecy was prophesied uh, to Joseph. This is also the Song of Moses. It says, Blessed be the land, the deep that coucheth beneath. In other words, it's saying that the oil, here's two different scriptures, says that the oil that is found in Israel is going to be deep. See, since 1953, there's been 505 wells drilled in Israel. There's only seven of them that are producing oil to this day. Now, that's real bad odds. Oh, yeah. But Israel looks like Swiss cheese. I mean, they poked that, <laughs> that nation full of all kinds of holes, but they hadn't found the oil. And there's two reasons why. The spiritual reason is because they haven't received Jesus, they haven't got their sins forgiven. But the natural reason is they've been obviously drilling in the wrong place, but the primary reason is they haven't been drilling deep enough. Huh. The average oil well in, in Israel is, oh, 2,000, 3,000 foot deep. And I can tell you, the scripture that I found says it's a whole lot deeper than that. All right, so let's go on with the, the Song of Moses, the prophecy. Then he says, uh, The couches beneath the chief things of the ancient mountains and precious things of the earth and the fullness will be upon the head of Joseph. And then verse 33, 19 says, That he will suck of the abundance of the seas and treasures hid in the sand. Now, October the 8th of 2008, Israel discovered a massive gas discovery out in the Mediterranean, about 50 miles off of the coast of Haifa. And I believe that this is the prophecy that says that. Suck the abundance of the seas. And that's what they're now doing, is sucking of the abundance of gas wells from the seas or the Mediterranean. Then the next scripture, Deuteronomy 33:24 says, Let Asher dip his foot in oil. The word there, oil, once again talking about crude oil. So now we have two scriptures saying that Asher will have oil. And then there's other scriptures goes on from that. It gets you know more depth, but essentially that's the bottom line. Now, here's the story about what we plan to do. Hayseed Stevens started an oil company in 1995, and his goal was to go over there and find that oil. Uh, we put him on a speaking tour in 1998, 
and it blew life into his vision to find oil in Israel. He later told me, well, my vision to find oil in Israel was dead until Prophecy Club picked me up and put me on that speaking tour. Well, he died, unfortunately, before he could get over there and find that oil in 2003. And uh, the people that took over the company after that made a mess of it, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but anyway, the bottom line is this. November 27th, I got a phone call, and I'm going to make this real short. And, and I was asked to start a new company to continue the vision to find oil in Israel. And I call it Prophetic Oil Company. Now, anyway, so here's what happened. Uh, this This lady called with this attorney on the phone, and uh, I'm skipping a whole lot of the story, but essentially he asked me if I would be willing to start this oil company. And I, <laughs> I said, look, man, I've got plenty on my plate. I don't need to do it. I, you know, no, 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 I don't think so. I said, I'll pray about it, but no, probably not. No, thank you. But anyway, so I hung up the phone, walked in, turned on the TV, and November 27th of 2007 was when you saw... Uh, George Bush with one arm around uh, Ehud Omert and the other arm around Mahmoud Abbas, announcing that they were going to give the Palestinians a state by the end of 2008. Well, I knew that that's associated with the discovery of oil in Israel. And I took that as a sign that God was calling me to uh, start this oil company. But then the next day I thought, look, you know, Lord, you know, if you really want me to do this, then you're going to have to send the money. You know that I don't have an extra $5,000 to send that attorney to start the company. So if you want me to do this, then you got to send the money. Well, the next afternoon, a phone call comes into the office, and uh, I said, look, this lady called. Uh, she's been a $50 a month supporter for over 10 years, and she wants you to call her about oil in Israel. And I'm thinking, why do these people bother me about this? I don't have anything to do with this oil in Israel. So I called her and I said, yeah, this is Stan with the Prophecy Club returning your call. She said, thank you for calling. The reason I asked you to call is because two nights ago, God woke me up in the middle of the night and told me that I was to give you $30,000 to continue the vision to find oil in Israel. Wow. I said, fine. She said, what? <laughs> I told her the story. <laughs> I said, all right, I'll do it. <laughs> so uh, we started the oil company. Again, if you want information on that, you have to call 877-OIL-ISRAEL, 877-OIL-ISRAEL. And uh, they will uh, send you out a little packet. And the packet is full of legalese, and it basically says, uh, whatever you do, don't do this, <laughs> which is, you know, what, what, what we have to tell people. But anyway, um so that's basically oil in Israel. I believe that there will be a day that I get to go over and drill a well. I believe when we hit it, it will be a massive discovery. It will The oil will be used to raise up Israel's military in preparation for World War III. I believe Israel will be the victor in World War III. There's, we don't have time to talk about that tonight, but um, at, the, at the end of World War III, when they formed the world government, there will be two groups of people on earth, and that will be the other nations headed by the Antichrist and then Israel. Israel will get back all of their land. They will be the great victor of World War III. All of the land at this point is going to be the best place on, on the earth to live. There's going to be a mass exodus from the war-ravaged nations around the globe, people, both Christians and Jews, 
you can look up Isaiah 40 uh, verses, uh, excuse me, 43 verses 5, 6, and 7. Basically says from the north, south, east, and west, bring back all of those that are called by my name. And there'll be oh, a man. exit wow. to Israel. I mean, I mean, people by the millions. And of course, then some seven years later, the Antichrist and all of our armies come down to attack. That's where Joel 2 8 comes in, where they can fall on a sword and not be wounded. Um, and then, of course, you remember in, in uh, Revelation like 8 6, I think it is, says uh, that they can. Uh, uh, remember, there's a crack that comes in the earth and smoke comes out of the crack. Yes. Locusts come out of the smoke. And they have the face of a man, hair of a woman, teeth of a lion, and they have a, a stinging tail like a scorpion. And their job is to torment men that do not have the mark of God on their forehead, torment them for five months. And it says, in those days, they they want death to come, but death flees from them. They desire to die, but they cannot die. And you see, I, right. I just made a new DVD called uh, uh, Artificial Life, where I'm talking, well, actually, this is DNA of the Mark of the Beast, one where I talk about that. And I talk about why I believe that the Antichrist will offer a stick and a carrot. Now, let me explain. You see, the evangelist can stand up, and the stick and carrot to come to Jesus is this. Another stand, when you're trying to get the mule to move and he doesn't want to move, you can put the carrot on a stick out in front of the mule, trying to get the mule to chase the carrot, or you can use a stick on the carrots on on the mules behind. In other words, one is pain and one is pleasure. Well, the the stick and carrot for Jesus is. If you come to Jesus, you get a glorified body and you get to live forever in paradise and you get a mansion. If you don't, you burn in hell. And so to the person who's thinking about getting saved, you can say, okay, let me see. What shall I do? Do I want to burn in hell or do I want to get a glorified body and live in a wonderful mansion forever? Okay, well, the devil is, I believe, going to also offer a carrot and stick. The carrot is, if you come to me, I'll give you the injection that will correct your DNA and give you eternal life and instant healing, and you'll never ah, die. Okay. And the stick is, if you don't, we cut your head off. Ah, that's going to be very compelling. Yeah. Uh, again, I've just made a DVD on this, and I remember one of the guys in Portland came up and said, how do you come up with all this? I said, I don't know. It's God. <laughs> I just walk around thinking about prophecy all the time. You know, I just have a prophecy mind. Mixed into all this, do you see a return of the uh, Genesis 6 giants? Oh, absolutely, yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, 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 Remember Jesus said, as in the days of Noah, so also shall the coming of the Son of Man be. Well, what were they doing in Genesis 6-4? The sons of God came down, made of the daughters of men, and their offspring were giants. That's right. And I believe... That, of course, the reason he chose Noah is because Noah was perfect in his generation. In other words, in his genetics. That's right. I suspect that these people that are talking about myths of the centaur, half-man, half-horse, the mermaid, half-man, half-fish, is probably actually true. Possibly one of the, the main reasons God destroyed everything that had breath in his nostrils is because that they had been playing with the genetics just like they're doing today, and had mingled the seed from, that's talked about in Daniel, mingled the seed with men, and uh, if you look it up, that, that in Genesis 6-4, it's, 
It said that they were giants and men of old, men of renown. But you look up that word in the Hebrew for old, it means eternal. In other words, once they had been mixed with the sons of God, they no longer carried the curse of Adam and they weren't dying. So God had to destroy them because they were mixing themselves with animals and let me ask you a question while we're on this subject. When the flood it came and only eight were saved, no one his family, uh, these giants, these uh, these offspring of the uh, fallen angels and the women, um, some people call them the Nephilim. Um, yes. When those bodies died, do you think that the spirits continued, the soul spirit continued to live, and that is well, what it, makes up... Demons today, or what do you think they are? Yes, if you look at Jude, you'll see that those are the demons that kept not not their first estate. In other words, they weren't supposed to do that, and when they stepped out of line, then, yes, that's that's a common theory that they're the demons of today. So you could say you got the fallen angels, then you have the demons, like the fallen angels might be like their uncles then. I, I believe I believe that I believe that uh, you've got those two different classes there, and, and clearly some of them were chained, awaiting uh, uh, final judgment. But uh, if they could do it, I believe they could do it again, and maybe they're even doing it now. Well, we're about out of time. Uh, how do you want to yes. wrap this up? Well, we've got uh, two minutes remaining. Um, it has been a pleasure to have you on tonight. I want you to give out your contact information where people can uh, order these and uh, give out some of these titles again. Um, and how they can contact you by phone and website. Okay. Well, I've got so many of them. I would suggest what they do is go to the website, prophecyclub.com, P-R-O-P-H-E-C-Y, prophecyclub.com, and just go to the bookstore, type in Stan Johnson, and that will pop up all of my DVDs, and you can go through them. Also, you can listen to just about every broadcast for the last year. They are All of the broadcasts are free, and... It's some awesome stuff. Or you can call the office at 785-266-1112. 785-266-1112. Now, uh, would it be okay if I were to pray a blessing for you and your ministry? Brother, absolutely. I would uh, I would be honored, my friend. And I also want to bless those people that support your ministry and listen. Amen. Lord, I just ask that you would make him, his listeners, and uh, his ministry the head and not the tail. Make them the lender and not the borrower, that they would lend only and not borrow. Bless them when they go in. Bless them when they go out. Bless them in the body. Bless them in their cattle, their field. Bless them in their business. Bless them with health. Bless them with long age. Give them wisdom beyond their years and witty new inventions. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Folks, if you just uh, are now tuning in, this is going to be up in the MP3 archives, and uh, we also are in the Apple iTunes store, free subscription, so you can download this. Get a hold of these materials. Uh, I have them in my own library. I'm going to be ordering more from you, Stan, because, folks, uh, Stan has thoroughly researched his information, and uh, I have learned uh, probably more on prophecy by getting a hold of the material from the Prophecy Club than any other ministry out there. Hey, Stan, uh, uh, when is you do a radio program, um, how can people uh, tune in, and when do you do your broadcast for the show? Well, we're on uh, three different stations right now, Dallas, Portland, and Detroit. 
But for the folks out there that don't live in those cities, you can listen to it by just going to the website. We are also, by the way, on iTunes. Just type in Prophecy Club. You can download the broadcasts from there, and that also is free. Awesome. Uh, go to prophecyclub.com. You can download in an MP3 format, listen okay. to them, stream them, however you want to. Now, are you doing a newsletter also that they can subscribe to? I, I also do a newsletter, and, yes, you can subscribe to that, too. Okay. You used to do one in printed form. Do you all still do that? We uh, Yes, we just sent one out in printed form, and we also have one, a news update that we email for free every Friday. Stan, this has been a fantastic show. I'm getting all kinds of great feedback. Uh, people are just intrigued by what you've been talking about tonight. You're a very interesting speaker, very articulate. Would uh, you honor us and come back on again soon? Sure, sure. We would love to have you on. Um, folks, you've been listening to Stan Johnson, founder of the Prophecy Club. Uh, there was a thousand and one questions I wanted to ask Stan, and uh, he was gracious enough to come on tonight. And uh, we're, we've got to bring him back because uh, there's so much more we can talk about. Um, Stan, give your uh, information out one more time, please. 785-266-1112 or prophecyclub.com. .com. God bless you, Stan, my friend, and uh, I'll have you back on again very soon. Thank you for coming on tonight. Okay, thank you. God bless. Bye-bye. You've been listening to uh, Stan Johnson, founder of the Prophecy Club, prophecyclub.com. Folks, I highly recommend uh, the Prophecy Club materials. Uh, Stan's a good man. I've been following them for about 15 years, and uh, they know of what they talk about because uh, you know Stan uh, has researched this, and he's come in contact with so many great uh, men and women of God that uh, you've got to get a hold of this uh, because we are in the last days. And uh, this information uh, you're going to need to make it through what's coming. So uh, I want to uh, thank uh, Stan for coming on tonight, and I would encourage you to get over there and order the materials and uh, subscribe to the newsletter, and we are going to bring Stan back on very soon. Um, he's just such an interesting uh, speaker, and uh, there's so many things I want to ask him about, and we didn't have time to go into it all tonight, but we will uh, on some future broadcasts. I want to thank you for tuning in tonight. Um, if you have been with me since uh, 8 this evening, well, you've listened to uh, two shows tonight, and uh, I want to thank you. Uh, we've got a lot of loyal listeners out there. Shouts out to Rando Mandel. I want you to check out his uh, blog talk program. It is blogtalkradio.com slash Rando. Shouts out to uh, Peter Cullen at ISAB Radio. My friend... Uh, Mike Bradford, Revival Fire, Marcus Bigfella, all the way from the U.K. And uh, we're going to have some more great shows this week, folks. Um, it's already Tuesday morning. Can you believe it? At least my time here. Now, Marcus, you need to go to bed, my friend. It's uh, <laughs> Marcus was tuning in at 3 a.m. you got to get some sleep over there, my friend. Um, I'm coming over to have some fish and chips with you soon, by the way. Um, we're going to have Norman Parrish. On tonight, he'll be live from Guatemala. It's going to be a great show. We'll be doing a deliverance Q and A with a mass deliverance if uh, if he's able to and connections hold. Then we're going to have Wednesday night Nathan Leal coming on, give a word uh, from the Lord of what's next coming down the pike here in America. Randall and I will be doing a program uh, at eight that evening prior to the Nathan Leal show at eleven. We're going to have open lines if you need prayer, you need uh, deliverance healing, 
Uh, you just want to talk, uh, give comments to the show. We'll have open lines. You can do that. Uh, Thursday, we're going to have Dennis Williams from Miracle Internet Church. He's associate pastor with uh, Dr. Pat Holiday there at the Miracle Internet Church, and we'll be doing a Q&A and a mass deliverance over the year. And uh, let's see, what else do we have this week? I know we've got more guests. Uh, we've got so many coming in, folks. I can't even keep track of them all. Praise God for the uh, the favor he's created, and uh, we're getting some really good uh, programs going now. Uh, so I want to thank everybody for tuning in tonight. And uh, get a hold of um, uh, Prophecy Club. Uh, you'll really like the one on Dimitri Dudeman. Um Dimitri was a true prophet, a true man of God, and he's got a really amazing testimony. And he wrote a book called Through the Fire. Uh, let's see. To the fire without getting burned, I think it is, without burning. Um, anyway, he, he talks about uh, his walk and shares more details of his testimony and, you know, uh, the importance of um, drawing close to God in these last days to survive. I mean, uh, I've said this before and I'll repeat it again tonight. If you are hearing this program now, you'll find yourself in the end of this age. Folks, I believe it is uh, coming on us very quickly, like a freight train. Uh, I believe that is why God said, um, I'm going to prepare you so that you will not faint. And he's not only said that to me, but many of you. Because uh, things are coming that are going to be so horrific that if we don't um, prepare to endure till the end, uh, we will find our hearts just fainting. And, you know, we'll give up throwing the towel and be part of this great fall. Well, you, don't want to, you don't want to be in that, among that, those numbers, folks. Because when they fall away, chances are they're not going to be coming back. And, you know, we're talking about eternity here. So if you realize that you've got to buckle down, get ready for the long haul, go through some persecution and tribulation, then it's not going to catch you as a thief in the night. It will not be a surprise to you when these things start happening. And you've got a fighting chance. Now, I've always said, uh, there's a couple ways out of this. You know, which way do you want to go? You want door number one, which is the great falling away? which means you're, you're going to probably lose your soul because uh, you're going to get offended when the persecution comes and say, hey, wait a minute, I didn't sign up for this. You told me to send my $1,000 seed. God was going to make me a millionaire, give me everything that I wanted, a new house, uh, a new spouse, and uh, he was going to take me out of here uh, in the moment of the twinkle of an eye. Yeah, Jesus returns in the moment of the twinkle of an eye at the last trump, folks, not at the first trump. Go read the scripture. Test all things against the Scripture. Test what we say against the Scripture. Okay, don't believe us. Go see what the Bible says. And just as Stan mentioned tonight, uh, they're going to they're going to d- deliver you up uh, before synagogues and rulers, and many we put to death. Um, it's been going on for a long time. Persecution. Why didn't they, the uh, the twenty million that died during the purge of Stalin get raptured out, folks? Are we any better? I mean, the point is, is uh, Door number one is you're going to fall away if you're not careful. And understand that uh, certain things have to happen before Christ can return. One of them is persecution of the saints. Many will become martyrs. Number two is uh, they're going to have FEMA camps, okay, in this country and in other countries around the world. They've got them, okay? And these are one way in, no way out. You go in, you're going to die in ten days. This would be like going into the Superdome, except you don't get out in two weeks. All right, uh, FEMA martial law um, in this country, foreign peacekeeping troops, Red Dawn invasion is coming, okay? Um, 
That's door number two. Door number three is, well, I know the New World Order is coming, but I'm not going to sit there with and take it. I'm going to pick up my sword. I'm going to take my M16, my AR-15, my 223, my 7.62x39. Yeah, I know my ammunition, folks. I was a uh, federal firearms dealer. Okay, and I believe that way. I believe that uh, I was going to pick up the sword and fight the New World Order. But this is not Vietnam. This is not the American Revolution. Not even World War II. What's coming, God is allowing to come on this country because of judgment and because we have turned our back and kicked God out of the courtrooms, out of the schoolrooms, out of the bedrooms. Okay, and uh, our own president says this is not a Christian country anymore. Folks, it's over with. This country has been weighed in the balance and found lacking. And uh, the country will not be saved, but you and your family can be saved. That's the the moral of the story. You need to understand that. Uh, many are going to fall away. Many are going to uh, decide to fight their own battle instead of turning to the Lord. And they're going to pick up the sword, and it says, He that lives by the sword must die by the sword. You don't want to go that route, folks. Okay, you're outgunned. They don't even have to pull up to your house with a uh, armored personnel carrier. They've got your GPS location now, courtesy of ACORN and the Census Bureau. They can punch those coordinates in and fire a Hellfire rocket into you if they need to, or take one of the Predator or the Raptor drones and drop nerve gas in you. into you. It doesn't matter if you have a, a bunker. They can get to you. My point is, is God is going to weed rebellion out of the church. And I love my patriot brothers and sisters out there, but God hasn't called us to pick up the sword. In fact, he tells you what will happen. They tried that back in Jeremiah's time, and what happened? Just as God had prophesied through Jeremiah, Nebuchadnezzar laid siege, Babylonians, they took the king, killed his kids before his very eyes, and they poked his eyes out. And they still went into captivity for 70 years. So that's not the door you want to walk through. Well, what's your other option, Omega? Well, your other option is watch and pray that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things. See the Son of the Son of Son of, the Son of Man coming. Now, many of us are going to be martyred, folks. Okay? And uh, it will be an honor to die for Christ because if, if you die for Christ and you will not uh, forsake Him, then you've got a martyr's reward. You've got a special reward in heaven. And I, I really don't want to go that route, folks, you know, but God's will be done. He knows uh, what your final outcome is going to be. I would rather be in the, the last group, which is watch and pray to escape all these things. And my thinking is the people that will have the best shot at that are those that get busy now. Okay, they repent of their sins. Okay, they, they ask God for mercy for wasting their life. They wake up, and they say, God, what can I do for you? Okay, and it may be you've got to go out and evangelize. Get a bullhorn, like Salt Ministries. Go hand out tracts. Go feed the poor. Help the widows and the orphans. Bless Israel. Okay? Get your own blog talk program. Uh, open a church. I mean, there's so many ways to do ministry. But the point is, if you're doing something for God and you're speaking the truth and you're warning people of the judgment to come, well, the blood is off of your hands. And unless you're willing to do that, 
And uh, then, you know, why, why should God spare your life? You know, there's going to be many that's got to go back to summer school. They failed the first time. And if, if they remain faithful to the end, to the point they had their head cut off, um, they'll still make it into heaven. But, uh, you know, folks, I hope I don't have to go that route. But God knows. And uh, my hope is uh, God will say, hey, you're doing something for me. Uh, I think I'm going to keep you around for a while. I mean, I just don't know, folks. Um, it's not a coincidence that you and I were born in this time. We could have been born any time in the last 6,000 years, I guess. But the fact that you were born now, there's a reason, okay? And God does choose some for vessels of honor and others for dishonor. You can't come to, to God unless the Holy Spirit draws you. I don't know if he draws everybody, does he? I just don't know. Uh, I don't understand everything. You know, we kind of see through a, a glass darkly. But soon we'll see face to face. All I know is I praise God every day that I wasn't born into uh, into India or over there in one of the Islamic nations. Chances are I'll probably never come out of it. Thank God for that you and I, uh, hearing this message, most of us uh, here in America or in Europe, you know, you know about Christ. That's why you come back uh, time after time and... You know, we know the truth. The truth will set you free. But, you know, you have an obligation, not only to save yourself, but save your friends and family by telling them the truth, preparing them as best you can to batter, batter down the hatches and get ready to go through some rough roads. And uh, only by the grace of God are any of us going to make it. You can't prepare in the flesh and expect to take care of every contingency. I once thought I did, could do that. I was stocking ammo, thousands of cans of tuna, you know, I had uh, every preparation I could uh, afford at the time, and I was able to buy a lot of stuff because God had blessed. But I said, you know, God, I'm not going to stand by and when I know that the Red Dawn invasion's coming. And then God, I said, God, if I'm wrong, you need to open my eyes to it. And he did. Give me a verse that says, trust not in horses and chariots and go not down to Egypt for your help. And then I punched that in, and lo and behold, I found that article by David Ells. And I had read a little bit of it before, and I said, wait a minute. Yeah, I remember that now. Let me go, uh, he wrote something about it. So I went and researched, and boom, there's a verse that God had given me, and he says, you know, why you should, <laughs> you don't want to pick up the sword in this time. God hasn't called us to do that. He's going to weed the rebellion of the church. You can get that over at Unleavened Bread Ministries, by the way, folks. You can pull it off of his website, that article I'm talking about. So God spoke to me and said, uh, you're not going to survive if you pick up the sword in that time. And do I believe in making preparation? Sure. There's some things you should do. I believe in protecting my family, the Second Amendment, okay? But protecting them against a thief or a thug is a lot different than protecting them against uh, foreign troops when they come in. Because you won't win that battle. We weren't intended to. In fact, if you pick up the, the sword, you'll die by it. I mean, the Bible says it's very clear. He that's meant for captivity, the captivity he shall go. You know, if you haven't uh, started seeking the Lord and all these things, you know, catch you by surprise. Chances are, uh, you'll be going to summer school into captivity. Uh, so what am I saying? Uh, yeah, do what you can do. It's okay to put back some food. You know, uh, one that doesn't take care of their family is worse than a heathen. The Bible says, you know, man does take care of his family. So you are to do certain things, but understand that it could be confiscated, could be stolen. I had some people walk into my gun store when I used to have one, and they said. Uh, I said, you know that we're in hard times? What are you doing to prepare? You putting back any beans and rice? He said, well, I'm not worried about it. When that time comes, I have a 45 and I'll go take it by force. Folks, there's people like that. I mean, you know, that's going to happen. 
it's unfortunate, but there's people who take what they need. It'll be Mad Max in, in some places. Um, does that mean you don't prepare? No, you, you still prepare, but just understand it. It can be taken away from you by gunpoint. Government can confiscate it. You could be separated from whatever your provisions are, and then what are you going to do? Well, I believe we're going to go into the wilderness like they did once before. God repeats things many times. Nothing new under the sun. And I believe, you know, they had to rely on God for food, for clothing. And uh, God's able to do that for you and I in these last days. The point is, run to him now. Don't wait. And wait till late. And then he says, hey, I don't have time for you. Uh, go take some remedial instruction in the FEMA camps. I mean, it's going to get that real, folks. We need to be awake now. Jesus said, watch and pray. You may be a kind of worthy to skip all these things. He said, like, watch and pray like three times. What's that about? Uh, arm yourself with information because knowledge is power. Get into the Word of God. Meditate on the Scriptures. Ask God what He would have you to do if you're to stay where you're at or if you're to relocate. It's not going to be the same plan for everyone. Okay? And ask God, what can you do for him? Uh, I asked him that one time, and be careful what you ask. <laughs> because he told me a few months <laughs> later to pack all my bags and get out where I was at. I was in Costa Rica. And uh, come back to the States, and I feel like I'm in a boot camp right now. I think I'm in, like, basic training for in the end-time spiritual warfare army. I'm like a... I started out as a private. I think I got one promotion. I'm like a private first class now. <laughs> I don't know much. I'm learning. But uh, the the point is is to be willing to do something for the Lord. You know, He's looking for, for a few good men and women out there. Okay, be obedient if He asks you to do something, and understand that whatever He asks you to do, He's obligated to give you the provisions to carry it out. And I have to remind myself. We were talking about bread tonight. Um, you know, I believe the Lord's prayer, and I take it literally. You know, give us this day our daily bread. I, I pray for. You know, daily food and um, bread, as in cashola, to pay my bills, just as, as you should. And uh, I believe God can provide our needs. Uh, sometimes it gets right up to the, right up on the, you know, the dime, and uh, I say, "Wow, God, I need a miracle here." And, but uh, you know, Paul said, "I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor their seed begging bread." So you have to stand on that issue too. I mean, and uh, Nathan Leal is going to be telling us some stuff on Wednesday. I, I talked to him. Uh, over the weekend, he said, look, it's going to hit the whole world. Saved and sinner. Uh, we're all going to be thrust into this, and we've got to be prepared and have an idea of what's coming, or we're just going to feel hopelessness, despair, and give up. We'll faint. So uh, I hope that uh, there's a, uh, a lighter side of the story. I believe there's got to be got to be some joy in the midst of all this, in the midst you got to be able to have some peace and join in the midst of the storm. Uh, I certainly hope that there is, and I believe that there is, and that's what we need to seek. We need to enter into God's rest uh, so that we can uh, withstand, you know, it's just going to be some terrible times to be living in, but we really have no option, folks. We're alive today, and so chance are us can be honest before we know it. Um, I'm rambling now. I hope you enjoyed the show. And... Uh, we're going to bring more. If uh, if this has blessed you, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, let me know. If you've got a guest that you'd like to have on the show, email me. 
Our website is omegamanradio.com. You can email me at uh, shannon at omegamanradio.com. Um, you can also get me via Facebook, Omega Man Radio. This broadcast will be up in the MP3 archives. I encourage you to sign up over at prophecyclub.com, order some of the materials. They've got some fantastic uh, DVDs over there. Um, you can also listen to Stan's broadcast. Uh, it's a great broadcast. I've learned a lot in listening to it over the years. Great ministry. We're going to have him back on, definitely. God bless him for coming on tonight. And um, if you'd like to uh, to support in the effort, uh, I don't take a dime from this broadcast, folks. I think we've done maybe 62, broad, 62 63 broadcasts. We brought in like 250 bucks. Um, I, I praise God for that. But what I do with it is we take it, we put it in a little fund, and when the uh, when the door opens up, we get enough. What we're going to do is uh, go to the next level, which will be shortwave. I really believe we could impact a lot of people if we could get on there. But uh, I'll work with what I've got. You know, God did say uh, to me, "Use what I've given you." So what He's given me for now is Blog Talk Radio, and uh, it's a great platform. I thank God for it, and uh, we're seeing a lot of fruit. We had four or five witches uh, that got saved. Um, Got deliverance. We've had uh, people receive baptism of the Holy Spirit, be healed of crippling arthritis, had their vision healed. A number of miracles out there. And if God has touched you in some way, uh, whatever it may be, you've been enlightened to some new truth. Um, you have been healed. You've received deliverance. Uh, you've got a testimony. Write me. I'd love to hear it. That keeps us going over here. Some days, you know, we wonder are we making any impact. And, um, you know, be bold. Uh, I, I will protect your privacy if you would like us to keep it private. We'll just um, only mention your initials, okay? We would like to get a testimony on this page going. I think it would uh, help encourage the believers. And uh, hoping for some uh, some great things that will come out of this program. I tell you, I'm having a great time doing it. I really am. I'm having fun. I was nervous as heck when I first thought about uh you know, actually making it a reality when I found out you could do it without a lot of hardware. Thank, thank you to Rick Wiles uh, telling me about Blog Talk. And um, now, you know, I'm really looking forward to uh, the shows that we do, and uh, it's getting a little bit easier as I go. Uh, hopefully, I will learn how to be a better interviewer. You know, I had no experience when I started this. I'm just kind of learning on the job. But you know, hey, that's a be- that's a beautiful part about it. Um, that being the case, uh, I, I'm really excited about uh, some uh, some words uh, from the Lord that we have received that uh, of the direction that we're going. In fact, I was told I'll share a little bit about it. Um, given a vision of a, a slot car on a track, you know, the, remember the ones that you could control those little um, uh, squeeze jobs there, you know, and little electric ones that go around the slots. The slot kept the car on the, on the track. Well. I've been told I'm like a slot car on a track. I can't control, I mean, I can't move to the left or the right, but I can control the speed. So that's interesting. I've been told that TV is ahead. So I'm holding on to that promise. And if it's a true prophecy, it will come to pass. And uh, I believe that uh, blog talk is just one part of this, that we will be going to TV. A video, I hope to do Ustream very soon, add a video component to this and, uh, make the broadcast uh, um, more widely available and accessible out there. So you can help us in this 
process. Number one, by prayer. Lift this up in prayer. Number two, send an email out to everybody on your email list. Let them know about the program. Okay, you can put it up on Facebook, tweet it, um, however you want to disseminate it. But let people know about the uh, the show. And understand, you can also download it to off of iTunes. And if God has blessed you and you would like to uh, support us, we've got two missions right now. One is to raise some money to uh, purchase some airtime. And number two is uh, we're looking to start up a weekly feeding project in India, in Vizag, um, where for about $200 a week we can feed 50 to 100 kids. And that's uh, a really hot meal. I mean, you know, curry, chicken, uh, or beef, uh, vegetables, rice, eggs, something to drink. And this is these are kids that have never uh, been taken care of. And uh, many of them go days without food, and then they disappear. A lot of them get kidnapped and put into sexual slavery. And we want to eventually get them off the streets. But we're trying to save all that we can. And uh, we can do it for 200 bucks. So what I'm looking for is maybe 20 people that would pledge $10. I mean, that's pretty affordable. Skip a McDonald's meal. And working together, it makes it easier than for one person to try to shoulder the load. And we can feed these kids. And uh, they get fed. They get fed the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Uh, we get photographs back. And I know the people. So, I mean, this is uh, getting right to the end, end, end result. Uh, and we are um, fully transparent. Uh, unlike some of the ministries on TV, you know, you give, you don't know where it's going. And that's always... Uh, been an issue to me, you know, why do they not open the books? What do they have to hide? Well, they probably have to hide the fact that they have multiple homes, they have millions of dollars scrolled away in foreign bank accounts, they have airplanes, helicopters, uh, $20,000 marble toilet seats, things like that. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's apostate uh, Christianity is what it is in many cases, and so you will not be blessed supporting something like that. And Invest in an eternal reward where seed you're going to plant is going to reap a harvest. Uh, that being said, I think I'm, I'm done preaching for tonight. God bless you. Uh, may he keep you this week. Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ, I want to thank everybody that tuned in tonight. And I'm asking, Father God, that you would bless them and keep them. I ask that you would loose warrior angels down right now to encircle the listeners out there, the believers, for their protection. We ask God for a wall of fire around them in accordance with Zechariah 2 and 5, around them, their family, their belongings, their finances. Right now, I break all hexes, vexes, curses, spells, jinxes, sin against the believers tonight, and I bind them in Jesus' name, command them to go back to where they came from sevenfold to the center. I bind any witchcraft attack, any evil spirits that have been sent against them, the believers out there, put on assignment to attack them. We bind you, you foul spirits, all evil spirits and all witchcraft. You must go now back to where you came from, sevenfold in Jesus' name. Apply the blood of Jesus to the listeners out there right now. I rebuke the spirit of infirmity. I bind you. Loose the listeners right now and go to Jesus to be judged before your time. I bind the strong man right now and the listeners. Bind all demonic spirits. I command you to come out right now and go to Jesus Christ to be judged before your time. right? And Father God, I ask that you loose your Holy Spirit to fill any of these voids that have been created by the demons going. By the blood of Jesus once again to these people listening tonight. And I'm asking God for you to loose your warrior angels for their protection. 
and loose wisdom and knowledge in them in accordance with Ephesians 1.17. And I ask all this in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you, folks. Uh, I'll see you again uh, next time. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Omega Man Radio. Our mission is to operate in the threefold ministry of Jesus Christ and take evangelism, deliverance from demons, and miracle healing to the world. If you would like to partner with us, you can support this work by donating any amount online at OmegaManRadio.com. Join us in an all-out attack against the hosts of hell. It's time to deliver a death blow to the enemy and take back territory for Jesus. Tell a friend and support Omega Man Radio. Radio.